Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Random Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode we're calling Inklings of Greatness because, well, honestly, we've seen a lot of games since our last episode. Ap- last episode. Episode, excuse me. Jason. Episode. Episode. Our last episode. Uh, no, but we've seen a lot of great games that show signs of being pretty great looking. So that's how it kind of works. Because, I mean, the biggest is probably... It does kind of work. The biggest comes by way of um, a new Nintendo Direct. That was nearly 50 minutes long. So a large portion of this episode's episode... I can't say episode. <laughs> a large portion of this episode is going to be about that and our thoughts and all the news from a there. But we... A, lo- a large portion of our episode is going to be about the Nintendo Direct. But we also, this past weekend, we're just... Or this weekend... Or no, this episode goes up Monday. This past weekend, we're, uh, we were just at WonderCon in Anaheim, California. So, opposed to some other Anaheim. So, uh, we had a chance to go hands-on with Puzzles and Dragons Mario Edition and Splatoon, which is where the other half of our great title comes from. Because, you know what you, know what the, you play in Splatoon? You play Inklings. Inklings of greatness. Do, do you see what we did there? Anyone? We, we can't hear you, I just realized. But yeah, no, so um, we have a lot to cover and because it's kind of a mix of the direct news and the what we did, WonderCon, we're going to kind of, as we work our way through a direct, we'll talk about the games we play, talk about the Amiibo we saw. We saw some Amiibo that are not released yet um, and they look high quality. Uh, but yeah, to make sure you actually hear about the games you want to hear about, timestamps timestamps.com. We have all the games laid out from the direct, so just click around, find what you want to find. But before we can get to that, we should probably quickly talk about WonderCon itself. Anyone that's been listening to the show for a while knows that we go to, like, the. this now makes us going to, has us going to the big three nerd culture conventions of California, Anime Expo in June, Comic-Con July, and here we are with WonderCon in April. So, Jose, what do you think of WonderCon? You've been going to cons longer than I have. A few things. One, I feel like I would have enjoyed WonderCon a lot more if I hadn't already been to Comic-Con a few times. It felt very, like, underwhelming. It's like a baby Comic-Con without the Hollywood presence. Even then, I would even say... um, Anime Expo felt more involved like with like the actual like yeah. I guess topic at hand like whatever subject matter was covering yeah like I don't know like there, like there were there was just way more like of like an official anime presence at Anime Expo but in Comic Con it felt like it was you were just going into a collector's warehouse of just vendors yeah and it's interesting because WonderCon from my understanding when it's started out it was more like the indie Comic Con like oh your favorite independent artist there is there was or your independent that, comic book guy. Yeah. yeah, but because of that, that's why there's not a huge... Like, Comic-Con for us, I know a lot of people hate the Comic-Con because it's which all is, Hollywood. Is, like, like, the reason they, like, but that's why we love it. <laughs> yeah, like, like well, those reasons that I just mentioned are pretty much the reasons why some people prefer this over Comic-Con because, yep. because for that reason, it's not as busy. You can actually go to random panels. Like, literally, you can just walk into We walked panel. into Warner Brothers and just sat there and watched like, Mad Max and San Andreas with no wait. Yeah, like, that wouldn't have happened at Comic-Con. Yeah, I got but, to see the Gotham panel, which I was excited for. Yeah. And, but even then, like, I feel there's still, like, fewer interesting panels, like, overall. Like, even, like, yeah. the, like, the random off-topic ones. Like, we, um, even if there aren't, like, when, when we go to Anime Expo, like, there, I mean, neither of us, like, watch, like, a t- enough anime to even, like, recognize, like, I'd say more than two-thirds of all the anime that's oh, there. Oh, totally, yeah. But even then, we still manage to go to, well, at least, like, my group and I, like, I don't know how many times we've done with Jason, but we do manage like to go years. to, like, four or five, like, random panels that... Sometimes they have interesting topics, sometimes, like, I don't know. Just, and sometimes yeah. there's game crossovers. I mean, uh, My Number 9 had its big, where we want more money moment yeah, at like, Amex, but I, I, I was, like, third row there I watching I feel like this. more was going on. Yeah, I think part, yeah, part of the thing with WonderCon is it's, like, 
it's almost like Comic-Con going, oh, you guys need to do like a pilot run for or for Comic-Con? Well, come to WonderCon. Because it's the same organization. It's Comic-Con oh, yeah. uh, LLC. The Comic-Con logo all over the place. It got me like hyped for Comic-Con. Not only that, but when I was at the Warner Brothers... Or you were there too when we were at, the, or no, it was the Gotham panel. Warner Brothers TV exec comes out and says, "Welcome to Comic Con," and there's like five seconds of silence, and then she's like, "I mean Wonder Con," <laughs> so no one knows what it is. No, but uh, I mean the thing is, for us at least, we prime. I feel like a lot of the reason we went was we knew Nintendo would be there, and Capcom was there. Capcom actually had one of the yeah, best booths in the whole place. Yeah, we're kind of like the. I mean, we're going to a comic convention for, for video, the video game stuff. So, and so we're we're coming in with a bias. Yeah, and luckily for us, like I mean. Even ignoring the fact that we are there for the video games, like Nintendo and Capcom probably have. Are they the only ones? They're not games. Yeah. Besides FX, were they the only ones that had like an actual like booth like by a company? Because I don't really remember seeing anything else besides. Warner Brothers had something in the back that I never found, but uh, I don't I, think it was much I, of anything. I remember the yeah. FX TV and then like Nintendo, like like it felt like oh Nintendo's actually here, like oh yeah. Capcom Although even period. then, Nintendo's booth was pretty bare bones, which, oh, yeah. which we're going to have a gallery up on the site later this week, um, well, which we'll link to from our Twitter, but uh, you'll see it's pretty bare yeah. bones. It and, kind of feels like <laughs> as big as they usually are inside the convention center, but then they have the whole ballroom. Yeah, it was just a convention center chunk of the booth with no, yeah, with no ballroom exactly, but... I mean, I will say for our purposes, we got we went there, want going, we were, we wanted to play games, we wanted to see what if any sort of biz, showbiz stuff was there. I, I think we met our goals. There just wasn't much beyond our goals. Like, Con-Con, we go and say, we want to see Nintendo, we want to see maybe PlayStation, we want to do this, we want to do that. And then there's three other days of just random stuff. And then you, you get random really autographs cool. that people you weren't even planning to get autographs yeah. for. There's, like, I don't know, every network for anything. Like, yeah, everything. everyone's... Anyone that has any remote, like, passionate fan base is there in some form. And by passionate, I mean, like, nerd passionate, not, like... You know, Mad Men's not there. It's not like people are like, oh, I do love the episode in the, when uh, when John Hamm's character drinks a lot of alcohol. Like, nothing like that. But, like, the nerd culture stuff is there in force. And it's there at WonderCon. It's just so much scaled down. So much more scaled down. Yeah, I'd say we... I don't know. I, I would go back to Nintendo's there. I'd, I'd yeah, be willing. No, that, what I was going to say is, um, I could probably only see ourselves going only to cover any Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Just because... Why not play the games earlier? Yeah, I mean that's how we're going to talk about Splatoon in a few minutes. Is I mean, we got like, to play multiple sessions. I mean, if I could play a game like two months earlier, I might as well do it. Yeah, and it, it's not that expensive, which is a perfect WonderCon. No, two months. It comes April, out May, in June, July. No, in general. Like between, oh yeah, like, like sure. assuming it didn't come out sure. in between WonderCon and Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. And we, yeah, yeah. And there's E three somewhere in there, but. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the thing with WonderCon is like if you have if you like the more independent stuff, if you actually really like comic books themselves oh yeah that's there's funny. plenty there but if you're like us and you're going to a comic book convention for everything but the comic books pop culture, then... yeah then you're you're it's not bad it's i really liked how laid back it was like you said there were no lines for anything it was really nice even splatoon at most we waited 15 minutes at con con that wait would have easily been like 45 to an hour oh yeah so it's it's pretty nice but for all those californians that you know if it sounds like it's up your eye if you like the indie stuff WonderCon's good at what it does it's just not what we were looking for i guess but we got two squid pins. We got two squid pins. And two Splatoon shirts. Yeah, well, one each. We don't want to... Well, actually, you got one for Elvis. Well, we each got one, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to make it seem like we have two and we're not giving any away on the site. We don't have That's extras. True. One, of those, yeah. one of those pins is for Elvis, so I guess. We each but, got one of everything. Yeah, we got one of everything. But um, I will say Capcom had a really good booth. Capcom had a booth that looked like it would belong at Comic-Con. They brought in their Monster Hunter Caravan, which is touring the country right now. And uh, it's like an actual thing. You walk inside. Like, there's two tents out front. There's like it's basically an airstream trailer that they decked out. I went inside and bought two shirts and a poster. And the inside looks like the inside of like a Monster Hunter yep, house potions thing. Laid out. They had yeah. like little cat. They had music playing from the game. It, it was it was 
impressive. And, and, they, and then they also have their black cube that they take everywhere. That black giant cube. Oh, the the store. The Capcom cube. Yeah, because like the one, store. The one, it's just a store. It's, it well, just opens into of, a store, like, right? Well, what have like one side is a store, another side is just like a giant advertisement, and then the other side is like where they always have their signing. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So it's like that's like Capcom. Booth, yeah, their booth. It's just a big black wall. But I will say it wasn't obviously at WonderCon, but Capcom, for those of you that live in the LA area, go to Six Flags between now and August because Cap- Capcom has redone the Goliath roller coaster at Six Flags Ma- Magic Mountain to have... Um, the Gormagaba. Yeah, that. They're hunting it. <laughs> yeah. you ride it at the end. But the whole roller coaster is decked out to be Monster Hunter themed, which is just... I who I didn't think the game was that big that they would be able to pull that off and actually have people care, but or Six Flags agree to it, but good for Monster Hunter. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I did mention that we have a gallery of photos of what of some of the sites that were worth taking photos of at WonderCon. So if you're curious about Nintendo's booth, the Capcom booth, Life Size, R2-D2s, and Wally and Eve, um, a whole bajillion colorful lightsabers, some cool Street Fighter statues, cool Street Fighter statues, some cosplay. We're gonna, we're gonna have all that up on the site later this week. So follow uh, follow Nintendo at Twitter to find that. But now that we've talked about WonderCon, we should probably talk about the Nintendo Direct and in the process talk about what we played at WonderCon. Because really the big news story these past two weeks was that Nintendo Direct. Uh, so we might as well kick it off with the game that headlined Nintendo's Concom Booth 2, which is Splatoon. So not only did we get news from Nintendo Direct and a recent press hands-on with the game, but like I just kind of said, we did go hands-on with it multiple times at Comic... Sorry, WonderCon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See? And it's, I would, it's really, really fun. This, this has the potential to be big if they can get enough people playing online on a system that doesn't have that many players. But ignoring that, it's, it's super fun. So um, we only got to play the Turf War mode, and we had one, set of wep- we had one weapon class available. It was, um, I think it was the one from E3, actually, where it's just the standard shooter, the bazooka as your special weapon, which only you can fire when um, your special meter charges up, uh-huh. and then bombs as your secondary weapon. And that was it. Everyone used just that. And it was one map. I'm like 95% sure it's the E3 demo. But I thought it was pretty fun. What did you think? I, don't know, I thought it was fun. Controls like were nice and fluid and responsive. Well, except the gyro. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the gyro was perfect. The gy- I mean, okay, the gyro is good at what it does. Okay, so for those who don't know how it controls. I, mean, I don't know. I, think, I, I guess because by now, like, after so many games using on the 3Ds using gyro to aim, mm-hmm. it just felt natural. Like, it didn't... There was, like, no... Like, oh, this is so weird. I'm, like, aiming this way, but I'm also turning my body, so I overshoot it. Like, it was just, it just made sense. I, I kept wanting, well, for, for those who don't know how it works, um, what Splatoon does, I don't know if this is the default control option, a control option, the only control you could, option. You, you could customize You it. can. Okay, so this is just the default option. Yeah. But how it works is left stick moves your character, right stick moves the camera around your character, and gyro, moving the gamepad, actually is how you aim the gun, like their right hand, essentially, with the gun. So, for someone that's used to playing shooters like Call of Duty or whatever, me, um, I kept using the right stick to aim. At least, I mean, we played it multiple times. I got used to it after a while. But at first, I was always using the right stick to aim. And that actually half works, because as you're moving the camera and you're moving the character with the left stick, you're kind of figuring out, all right, well, if I move the camera to the right, I'm moving the character with it to the right, and then the gun goes to the right. But the precision aiming that you're used to in normal controls took me a little to get the hang of, because I had to keep remembering, oh, right, I have to literally jerk the gamepad around. And I will say, jerking it around works really well. Like, it actually, if you get, once you get used to it, it's pretty fluid, it's pretty natural feeling at that point, and it's really sensitive, so you have to look like a complete fool playing it. But but not too sensitive, it's like the right amount of sensitivity. But there's just so many times I forgot that that's what I had to do. No, yeah, it's just one thing that you will get used to, and once you do it, it just works. Yeah. But, um, I guess you also have to remember the... 
the camera perspective is definitely different from any other shooter. Yes. Like, like normally, um, for like normally for third person shooters, the camera, even though you can still see the full character, like I'm thinking like Resident Evil, well, more recent Resident Evil. Sure. And like Gears of War, like usually the camera is, is, fixed. is, is like right behind the character, so you could pretty much like get rid of that character and it'll be a first person shooter. It's treated like a first person shooter, but you still see the character. Yeah. This one, you're pretty much playing like a platformer mm-hmm. that happens to have shooter controls so i guess it makes sense that they, they tried doing this otherwise like your camera would just be like right behind the inking the whole time and you probably wouldn't have as much your mover your movability your mobility would be more limited by the camera and it certainly wouldn't work in squid mode yeah especially because, because of the squid like yeah. how fast you want to like turn like i don't know because like at some point or i guess once you start getting the hang of it, you'll be able to do things like shoot a path in front of you, go into squid, jump up, shoot ink right in front of you, and then right before you land, or throw an ink bomb, the then jump, and while the bomb's exploding, you land in the ink that's now yours. I did yeah, that. Yeah, you land at the squid. You're pretty much you're pretty much dolphining. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just call it that. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be a term. You know how like Smash Bros has like all those different special terms for different things in battle. Dolphining's gonna become a thing in Splatoon. Yeah. We coined it here first, people. You should trademark that. But um. Yeah, no, the squid thing works great, actually. I really like that. And it's a clever workaround for refilling your ammo in that anytime you're in squid mode, your paint canister refills itself. So it's actually really easy to make sure you have enough ammo. And in the off chance that you're, like, staying put and just trying to coat a whole thing in paint, because, again, Turf War, the idea is you're just making as much of it your color as possible, as much of the map. So, you know, if you're just the guy that's been tasked with, I just have to paint the walls, you guys go fight. Um, you could just, you know, squid around in circles for a minute, come back, shoot, squid around some more, shoot somewhere else, and you don't really have to, like, stop and go, oh, I need to hit reload. It it kind of yeah. takes care of itself. That's it's, like, like self-sufficient. Uh, that's self-efficient. why opening is really good, because you pretty much, anytime you land, you just go into squid mode, you're refilling, jump, shoot, yeah. land, ink, yeah. I will say, as the, the game as a whole, at least from what we played, it really, to me, does feel like, like, Nintendo had this marketing, or this line they told the press a week ago, where, like, this is supposed to be our Mario Kart for shooters. That was their, like, takeaway. Reggie said to the press back when they did the hands-on. And basically, um, they're treating it as such. It comes out the same weekend that Mario Kart 8 did last year. It's getting a big marketing push. It's got Amiibo Day 1, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But even on a concept level, it actually is more Mario Kart-esque than you would think, if that makes sense. At least to me. Because, like, what I noticed is... Like, part of what makes it work so well and makes it kind of like the Mario Kart shooters is you're not actually focused on killing. Yes, you can blow people up into balls of ink and they have to respawn and everything, but that's almost secondary. And that's kind of like how Mario Kart is to me. Like, when Mario Kart, it's almost like the items and the chaos that comes with them subverts the idea of, like, you have to be the best racer to win a race. Because normal racing games, like, oh, you win if you can outrace people. In Mario Kart, it's like, well, I mean, you can outrace people, but you can also know how to use items strategically. You can also have the random factor of items. It's all these different things that make Mario Kart, like, its own beast, kind of. And Splatoon sort of does the same thing, at least from what it feels like when we played it in that um, it, every shooter the goal is kill the most people you win if you get the biggest like you know head count and this one it's like yeah there's killing but the real goal is territory so there's so way more chaos when you're trying to figure out territory because you might not even be focusing on the guy across the map you might not even see him because you're spraying something to the left where no one's at and any other shooter you never are looking away from where the opponent would be but here like well I gotta spray some ink on that wall over there don't mind me oh there's a guy so it's kind of like it's also killing secondary to territory which makes it feel almost like this crazy chaotic thing that's kind of more Mario Kart to me more like the chaos of Mario Kart than the cha- than like the seriousness of like a shooter or a racer that like it's the same crazy arcade Nintendo-y vibe that Mario Kart's able to produce for racers this is able to do for shooters at least to me 
No, I mean, like, I agree with most of that, but it's, I feel like you're making it sound like that's only because everyone that's playing this game is going to keep playing it with that mentality that it's supposed to be about killing other people. But once you get beyond that and you're just like, okay, this is a territory control game, like, once everyone, like, is already on that page, yeah. it pretty much, there's, like, no random factor. It's just about, like, strategy. It's like, okay, you want to... That's true. You just want to, like, pretty much skill will, like, there is only skill, essentially. Like, once you yeah. get to the bottom of it... Like, it does lose the randomness in Mario Yeah, there is no have. randomness in Mario Kart. Like, no matter how good you are in Mario Kart, all that does is just increase your odds of winning, but it never guarantees a win. You and Splatoon, you can't guarantee it. Yeah, and this one, like, if you are really good, you're going to win. That's kind of why, when I think Mario Kart, I just think a game that you can never take too seriously because it really is just meant to be played for fun and to a certain extent there isn't really much you can do to take it to a competitive level because of the random factor mm-hmm. this one on the other hand it's like I feel like in the complete opposite direction it's in vibe it's like the same as like 2D it's goofy it's chaotic yeah. but um, when you get your team like when you actually have like a plan your team actually like and you're actually playing with a consistent team you can actually be very strategic. strategic. Yeah, you can just like get really good. Yeah, and just win. There's like no, yeah. there's no like, oh, there's a blue shell. Dang it, I was in first place, and now for some reason I'm in the end. Like, yeah, it does. No lose, you're right. It does lose the randomness. I guess it's more like you said, the vibe and kind of just the idea of like all the games in this genre are played this way. Oh yeah. And then here's one that's played totally different. No, no, like, it's it, a Ninten- like, like, the like, Nintendo. Like, like if you put them side by side, it's like, yeah. oh, here's like Gran Turismo and here's Mario Kart, and then yeah. like, oh, here's Call of Duty and here's Splatoon. Like they they, they, they line up. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's like perfect. But yeah. then when you're just comparing like Mario Kart versus Splatoon, it's oh, like, then they're totally different. Yeah, it's right, like casual right. versus potentially casual, but also like. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, in the direct and inter- to the press, Nintendo announced that they're almost doing that fracturing casual and core. Sort of how Smash Bros. has for fun and for glory modes for battling online, they're doing that in Splatoon, kind of. Because what they announced is, um, in addition to the 4-on-4 turf mode, which is what we played at WonderCon, there's also going to be a ranked battle mode that will include multiple modes within. And the idea with this is it's going to be totally independent, it's going to be online multiplayer, but totally independent of uh, turf war. So in turf war, you level up. You have a leveling system that goes from, it carries over a single player, you get money when you level up, you can buy new items, you can equip those items. Ranked Battles doesn't use that whatsoever. It uses a ranking system of grades C plus to A, and they change dynamically depending on how you perform, and they'll match you with people of the same grade. But where what, what's interesting is like much like how Smash Bros has for fun is for fun, and you can you know you can whatever you can play and have fun and whatnot and try new things. But then you have for for Glory where it actually affects your Smash power you know it or okay. not affects it, it not affects it it, 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 it only affects like yeah. your ranking that only you can see well yeah but nonetheless it's the serious mode yeah, yeah like splatoon's doing that too <laughs> yeah so splatoon's doing that too with this so it's almost it like doing it right yeah it is doing it right for sure but it's, it's kind of interesting because they're not even gonna let you play rank battle until you get to level 10 in turf war mm-hmm. so you have to be level or single player you have to be level 10 only then will they unlock and uh, rank battle and when the game launches nobody will have rank battle Nintendo's not even going to flip the switch on the thing until enough people are at level 10. Then they'll turn it on and magically it'll be in your game. Which I've never heard of a company doing that, but it's a really it's a good way to make sure people get the fundamentals of the game because Turf War does really teach you how to play I've the game. I've never heard of a game that's actually really smart. Like, it is. It's like pr- pretty much preventing people from playing online. Well, it's preventing people from getting really good early I'm on screen with a, though. Yeah, for yeah, playing else. with competitive people when they'll just like get destroyed because that's just the first thing they do for some yeah. reason. But yeah, and it, it's a smart strategy and it mirrors the For Fun, For Glory so well. And what's also kind of interesting is Ranked Battle actually will have multiple modes within it. It's not just like, oh, here's Turf War and Doesn't here's Ranked Turf they War. they said about not hoping you won't find enough people to play a mode. It kind of does. I thought they made a big deal out of that and that's why they're only going to have one mode and I don't know what. 
Well, they're branching out because they realize they don't have enough content if they do that. But yeah, because it's not only is there ranked battle, but in ranked battle, there's going to be multiple modes, or supposedly multiple modes. They've only revealed one so far, which I believe they are calling. I had it right here. Oh yeah, splat. Uh, yes, splat zone. It's king of the hill. Basically, instead of trying to get as much turf as possible, you're trying to capture a specific piece of turf and turn it your color. So you're going to be finding a very tight area. You're going to be clearing over the exact same spot all the time. It's, it's king of the hill, straight up. But again, this is something that like turf war won't necessarily be ranked, and splat zone won't have a fun mode. It's like, all right, if you want to just mess around, have turf war. If you want to get serious about it, you hop into uh, ranked battles and do splat zone or whatever else. So it's, it's definitely a different approach, and you're right. It's totally different from what Nintendo was saying about you know, we want to make sure enough people are online to play at all times. I'm wondering if um, in Splat Zone, because from what gameplay footage I've seen, the area you have to mark doesn't move at all, but in tra traditionally in other um, Capture the Flag Zones, well, not Capture the Flag, Capture the Territory Zones. King of like, the Hill. Yeah, like, um, like, oh, like everyone, like if the majority of your team is in this one little area, you get points while your team is there. Um, every once in a while, like the spot just like randomly changes to another spot. Right. So it kind of forces you to go to different parts of the map. Yeah, like Nintendo hasn't said. I said, like, I'm wondering if this will do that because I, I mean, I hope it does. Otherwise, it's really redundant at one point. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that would be a random factor, but I guess it's it makes it so it's not like someone because you do kind of want to prevent one person from a few teams from developing like an overpower strategy, like of how to get that one specific area because it's always going to be that one specific yeah. area. You never have to plan for anything else. Oh, I guarantee it's going to be randomized from game to game. No, oh, yeah, that's what it should. Yeah, it, should it has be to be randomized or it should change. I mean, the game. maps they showed that's going to work with multiple maps, I think. And, and not only that, but there are a ton of maps. And the map they showed, it's not like it's in the middle, it's like off to the side yeah. or something. So I would assume there's like four or five spots per map that can be. Yeah. And they probably rotate between. And presumably, this has to be somewhere. In the center line, because I mean, if it's close yeah. to one person, then... but we do we do keep talking about uh, strategizing, and that's something worth mentioning. Is you better know these people in real life that you're playing with, and you better communicate with them outside of the Splatoon world, because or through like a forum. Because Nintendo has confirmed that uh, Splatoon is not, I repeat, not going to have voice chat whatsoever. Which Nintendo does that all the time, but it's weird when you have a squad-based, team-oriented shooting game where it's all about working together in order to win, to then not let you work together to win through the platform itself, you know? Yeah, the only benefit... I mean, well, not benefit. Well, there is a benefit. You won't have people yelling racist things at you. No, yeah. I, I guess, like, the only the silver lining is, um... I guess because no one will have voice chat, I mean, obviously, that's not going to stop people from Skyping or whatever. Yeah, or, or but, talking on the phone. But essentially, yeah. if you're playing, like, random ranked matches with, like, other people... Yeah. Everyone has the same... Yeah, no one can chat, so you're pretty much gonna have to just coordinate using the gamepad. You just kind of look where everyone is at mm -hmm. once. You're like, okay, this area is not painted, so I'll go there. Someone else will feel like, okay, that guy's going there. So, I don't know. I mean, since everyone has it and it's essentially part of the gameplay design now, yeah. you just have to take it as okay. That's that's just another thing I have to work with that we have to figure out coordinating without. And the gamepad thing is very useful. I use that a lot. I did not expect to use the map on the gamepad as much as I did when we played at WonderCon. Like I was constantly looking at it. I was also constantly dying, so I was using it to jump back. Well, not constantly, I'm exaggerating. But I was using it to jump back, because the, the double tap a person to jump to something is really helpful. Especially if you look on the map, you see they're being swarmed by multiple people, and you're like somewhere else, you can just jump right in and start helping them out and defending your paint or whatever. So it, it, I didn't think it would be that crucial, the gamepad jump. But it is, It's really and map, but it's quite useful. Um, and actually, that's kind of an interesting thing to bring up, because single player will have it, but they're also doing a local multiplayer mode, which won't have it. 
because what Nintendo seems to have now realized is, gee, we promised there'd be local multiplayer for Splatoon a long time ago, but the core gameplay revolves around the map so much, what do we do? And what they decided to do, they announced this in the direct as well, is they're calling it the uh, Dojo, and essentially you are doing training missions if you do local multiplayer. It's only two people, one person's on the TV using a standard controller, one person's using the gamepad just showing us, you know, the view of the map, no map. No map, just the view of the arena. And you guys are running around shooting bubbles with paint. That's it. Nintendo builds it as a chance to learn the level design and know the ins and outs. It really and would have to be just to learn the level because yeah. they need the person benefits from actually playing that mode. Because like, for one thing, you're not going to have the map. And for yeah. another thing, the other person that's not using the gamepad is playing with a controller that they don't even get to use. use yeah. so. so it's literally like Nintendo trying to check off a box of, yeah, we have local multiplayer. We promised it. Here it is. But it's just so, like, it's so half-assed. This is the first time, I think, ever that... Remember a long time ago, people were like, are you going to be able to use two gamepads with the Wii U? And Nintendo's like, oh, of course you will. We didn't... I mean, we didn't anticipate the, the, the demand, so it won't be there at launch. But one day, yes, we'll, we'll make games with two gamepads. And then never brought it up again. Well, here's the first time where I actually feel like we're losing out because we can't do that. Because it'd be super fun. I mean, we were playing Splatoon local multiplayer, essentially. We were doing a LAN connection at WonderCon. As Nintendo has set up, they had eight screens in a row no, and it's wrong for and it's really cool to be able to talk yeah like if, I mean, yeah. if I, like sometimes we have had eight friends over smash with eight people yeah, smash best. Like, and we're never gonna be able to do four on four turf war or long. even two on two or one on one you can't even do a turf war if you're local oh. we can only play online i'm only gonna be able to play with jason yeah and i'm not very good so he's gonna not want to play very much but um but no it's just like it's so weird i understand why they can't do it from a technical standpoint but it's just like this is the first real limitation of the Wii U or limitation of a Wii U exclusive feature utilizing game but at least there is a full single player mode which actually looks pretty decent um, Nintendo kind of provided a little little more information in the direct uh, we now know that you are trying to collect Zapfish for Captain Cuttlefish oh. I can't make this stuff up this is really the premise Captain Cuttlefish lost his Zapfish his Zapfish powered electricity in his wherever he is so you have to go find him, and you're doing it by essentially playing Mario Galaxy as the Splatoon character. His whatever, wherever he is. Yeah, his wherever he is. I don't know where Captain Cuttlefish lives. Uh, but it's like a homeless man. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so basically single player, it's like Mario Galaxy, at least in the videos I've seen, where you're kind of going from like little isolated platform to isolated platform, you're like being launched over them. Uh, and you just shoot and collect that fish, and that's about it. But it looks it looks fully featured. It has multi, you know, a lot of stages, so that's kind of cool. So single play, so local experience wise, single player looks pretty good. Battle Dojo, I guess, is a perk. I don't know. And online looks pretty good in terms of the variety. But there is the issue, of course. What happens if not enough people are playing online? Because this game's kind of contingent on having a large enough user base, and the Wii U does not have a large audience to work with, relatively speaking. So hopefully this thing catches on for them. Uh, I mean, Nintendo's trying everything they can to do it. The last bit of news they announced in the Direct is that they are, in fact, making Splatoon Amiibo, which is just another push to get the game out there more. All the rumors from that South African retailer we talked about last episode turned out to be spot on. There's a boy a boy inkling, a girl inkling, and a squid. Uh, all three of them will be available on launch day, which is May 29th. You can get the squid only if you buy a three-pack with the boy and girl inkling, or you can get the boy and girl independently. 
In I was country, there's a bundle, right, that comes with the game and yes, the squid? Yes, and the squid, yeah, but not in America, because America, they realize they can milk us for more, and it totally worked. I have it pre-ordered already. Yeah, but, um, here. yeah, but the the interesting thing is, I don't know if you remember last episode, I was going on this whole thing, like, oh, it'd be so I great mean, if you could take your custom character to a friend's house and use it there. Can't well, even do that. Well, first of all, I don't know what you would use it for anymore, because Battle Dojo's not a thing that anyone's going to play, but, um... The I still wish you could do that at least just to be able to do it, but no, all you get is special unlockable missions that only are unlocked by each of the three amiibo, and you the get extra costumes. Content. What the locked out content? content. Yeah, you know what's crazy about that? So they paywall the con. They did like a paywall for on the content. Disc DLC. It, it's on disc DLC, but it's worse because not only do you have to pay to unlock it, but you have to go find something that sold out in twenty minutes uh, the other day. So now is it limited but to people that want to spend the money? It's limited to people who happen to be on Twitter or Reddit at just the right moment to click the link to get to, to the Amiibo to buy the Amiibo. Now I assume Splatoon will be readily available day one, simply because it's a new franchise. Town's going to want to pump, like, really pump up the marketing for it and get the word out. But I really hope this doesn't set a precedence that all Amiibo will give you exclusive stuff only available to Amiibo. I mean, I guess Captain Toad does it too with the little 8-bit Toads that you can yeah, get with the Toad yeah. Amiibo, but that, I have a feeling, will eventually be released to everyone else. Maybe Splatoon will as well. But it's just like, it's it's kind of not... It's kind of sketchy to be like, hey, you can only get this if you do the paywall thing and buy the Amiibo. Good luck getting an Amiibo. At least make them bountifully available. But we'll we'll talk about that huh? issue a those, lot. Um, the Mario Amiibo also works. Yeah, or even, honestly, even if they did something like that, if there's like, hey, um... As long as you have an amiibo. Yeah, just do it, tie it to any amiibo, and then just have the missions random, the unlockable missions randomized based on the amiibo or something. I don't know. But we'll talk all about the amiibo woes and the and the um, stock issue in a little bit. First, though, we should probably talk about the, the, the crazy amount of amiibo news that came out of this Direct, because I think one thing is abundantly clear from this Direct in particular. Nintendo is all in with amiibo now. There's not going to be a future where amiibo isn't a thing. Amiibo is like every single game now is going to have some sort of Amiibo. Because not only do they have the figurines, they have plush toys, they have cards. Everything's Amiibo. Get ready for a future where you buy a game and you buy like $40 of plastic to go with the game. It's like Guitar Hero, except there's no buttons on them. But uh, the big the big one they announced, probably the biggest thing they announced, was a completely new game. Uh, this was in the Direct, involving Amiibo at its core. And the game is uh, it's actually kind of the perfect thing to announce on April Fool's. Because there have been so many people that for so long have been wanting Animal Crossing on Wii U, and there's been rumors of Animal Crossing on Wii, Wii U, and fake screenshots of loading screens and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, on top of that, Nintendo's been teasing things. I think, if you recall, when they shut down the Animal Crossing Plaza on Miiverse, they're like, see you in 2015. Like, oh, there's going to be more Animal Crossing coming, yay! And then, instead of announcing what everyone's expecting, which is Animal Crossing for Wii U, which I suspect will just be at E3, Nintendo went, hey... Here's this weird spin-off of Animal Crossing that uses amiibo cards and only has about a third of the gameplay. Have fun. Happy April Fools. It's not fake. So I mean the game itself doesn't look that bad. I'm being kinda harsh, but it's just fine to everyone's like, oh I can't wait for like an HD Animal Crossing and I was like, you sure love house decorating, right? Here's some reused new new leaf assets with some cards. Have fun. Yeah, those HD assets just went to Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, uh, they'll probably go to Animal Crossing yeah, Wii U eventually. But so, for those who don't really know what we're talking about, the game's called Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, and it uh, its premise is pretty simple. You don't do chores, you don't do tasks for villagers exactly. Instead, animals are going to give you a specific type of home they want. Some examples they gave were like, stylish and modern, or a perfect place for a bookworm. And then you design the home with a new enhanced uh, house designer thingy, which has like, it actually looks quite nice, the new house designer. Like, it has like, 
when you're lifting things around there's like hazard yellow like hazard tape under it to like show exactly where it's going so you could see the exact positioning it's it's, it's good but um the emeralds themselves aren't even in the game directly you have to go buy these new amiibo cards which nintendo's been talking about for a long time and is now actually finally implementing and they're standard playing card looking things but they have NFC chips inside them. So you tap into your new 3DS or an old 3DS if you get the NFC adapter when it comes out. And that the brings the character... Day, right? uh, yeah, same day. And that in the fall with the cards and the game. All in the fall. But uh, yeah, that... Uh, so you... Yeah, you tap the character in. They come into your game and then they're like, hey, make me this house. And they make them the house. And then if you're feeling extra... Uh, extra motivated, you can tap in other characters and then the other characters come over and boom, house party. And they can take photos of it and, post, and presumably post it to Meverse. That that's literally all there is. If you like house decorating in Animal Crossing or or interior design, as most people call it, uh, this is great. If you don't care about that part of the game, maybe there's something else Nintendo hasn't really said. But I could see this being a gateway to bigger amiibo card things. Pokemon Train Card Game seems like an obvious one. If this is successful, throw NFC chips and Pokemon Train Cards, make a whole game for Wii or 3DS. They did it for Game Boy Color. They could do it again now. Now you can import your actual deck or whatever. Uh, but it, I mean, I guess as a move on its own, though, it's kind of smart. Like, regardless of what you think of the game, whether it's, you know, oh, I don't care about interior design Animal Crossing, or oh, I love it, Nintendo doing this is smart because it lets them really cheaply and easily test amiibo card pop- popularity because they're, re- as we noted, they're reusing new, art, uh, new Leaf assets. It lets them sell a ton and make a ton of money because I guarantee they haven't said it. I guarantee these are going to be blind booster packs. You're going to get duplicate cards. You're not going to be able to say, I need this card and that card. And You're going to need... trade for exactly, the Exactly, exactly. If you thought the Amiibo situation now was bad, just wait until there's like, Isabelle's the rarest card or whatever. I'm far away from that one. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to... I don't even know if I'm going to buy it, honestly. Well, I mean, like, but... I mean, I'll maybe get like a booster pack and just be happy with the booster mm-hmm, pack. Mm-hmm. Just be like, okay, I have the cards, but I don't really even have an interest in the game so it just kind of works out that way yeah and then the, and then the uh the, th- the third advantage of doing this though is not do the booster packs and get save money on the assets you know and test money, it though. but there's gonna be a lot of happy animal crossing fans this could be a perfect stopgap game if the next one doesn't come out till 2016 for example the or a perfect what the cards are shiny They're they are movies. yeah actually the cards themselves look pretty nice and there's at least 95 of them so you're gonna get a hefty yeah. amount yeah oh, um geez. yeah i want a rocko Oh, man. oh god, you're slipping in already. You, you literally said 30 seconds ago you're not gonna get into it, and now you're dying of a Rocco. Well, you're gonna get hooked. You're gonna get hooked. Uh, I just want Rocco, but if I don't get him, I'll be happy. You're gonna get hooked. I'm just telling you. But yeah, so the game itself. I mean, again, if you're really into the interior design aspects, it sounds great. If you're not, I don't know what to tell you. But if, either way, it doesn't quite feel like a full game. Like I, there maybe there's more to it, but right now this reminds me a lot of those photos with Mario AR cards. You can get, like, you know you go to Best Buy and you can get a normal eShop gift card or you can get, like, the eShop gift card that comes with a Goomba on it and then you download Phobes with Mario AR and look, here's a Goomba and you can take pictures with him and stuff. This almost feels like that kind of weird, like, physical, digital, hybrid half game. It'd be nice if it communicated with New Leaf in some way. Like, maybe yeah. it gave you a code or something that lets you download maybe the furniture you were messing with. In the you know what it might do? Not New Leaf. Animal Crossing Wii U. How much you... Well, I bet you... If Animal Crossing the Leaf comes out this year... data on the card and then save it to the Wii? Maybe not... Either that... Actually, that's a good idea. Either you save it on the card and it goes to Wii U, like you said, or maybe just you can, the 3DS and Wii U link up and just transfer. 
But they gotta keep the focus on the card, though. That's true. So you're right. It'll save to the card. I mean, card. they could easily do that with any. Or it'll make like a transfer card because think about it. If this comes oh, out and saves to transfer card. If this comes out, every booster comes with a transfer card. You're gonna yep. have to like. Yeah. But see, Nintendo would do something that stupid though. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like you get ten plus transfer card. And they're gonna have like seventy transfer cards. Oh no! Each identical. transfer card is gonna be like a different character, a different gyroid. Or no, it's gonna be uh, collect all the gyroids. It's gonna be a different conductor or something like that. They're totally like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, a different face on uh, what's his yeah. name, the cat, Blanca, Blanca. It, yeah, they're just gonna like. They can make. So they're much gonna bury it like that. that. They can make so much money off that. But no, seriously, like it's gonna be it's, a taxi. It could be a bus. It could be a boat. It could be a train. It could be uh, Captain and all yeah. with different lyrics to different songs on the back. Yeah. <laughs> but no, either way, like if they release this in say September or October, and let's say it is only the Happy Home decorating and nothing or designing and nothing else, and then they come out with Animal Crossing Wii U in November, this is like the perfect uh, way to like hype up the audience for the full game and to get people that own 3DSs to want to check out the Wii U a little more because they could keep referencing the Wii U version in the 3DS version. It's free marketing. And Animal Crossing's huge, so it could potentially help sell the Wii U version. It's actually kind of a smart strategy, now that you think about it. I didn't even think of that until you mentioned it. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, the only other thing that makes me think maybe there's more of the game than what they've shown is that at the very end of the footage in the Direct, they show your villager leaving the house. Where's he going? If you're only designing houses, what would be outside the house? The main menu? The, main the menu. end of the world? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's, it seems to... Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's almost like Nintendo's like, hey, there's more to show. Well, you know, there's there's a whole world outside of this little house, and you'll see it one day. But, but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of all there is to it. Uh, it's out this fall. Everything will come out the same day. Cards, adapt, uh, the NFC reader, and the game itself. No word if it's a download only or if it's a physical retail game. I suspect it's eShop only based on what you do in it but we'll, we'll know soon enough the one thing i know for sure because they would be crazy if they did this it is there's no way in my mind that this is going to be the big holiday game for the 3ds it is well uh-huh. if it is nintendo nintendo's doomed now um if it is they made a they made a big mistake they made a huge mistake but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's not this is definitely like a september october release to me not a november december but we'll see We'll see. Um, one other type of new amiibo. So we got cards on one hand, and the other type of new amiibo they announced in the direct, which we got to see at WonderCon, and it looks adorable and awesome. At least the prototype. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World is coming out this fall, and it's getting its own adorable yarn Yoshi's. They're gonna come in three colors: green, light, light blue, not blue, light blue, and pink. They will all have full amiibo compatibility even though they're knitted together out of yarn because on their butt they have a little amiibo patch sewn on and in that amiibo patch is the nfc it's and actually a yoshi amiibo right because i mean they said that the regular yoshi amiibo works with it yeah Holy world so yeah these are just fancier and they in the in the photos nintendo showed in the direct they look ginormous compared to normal amiibo in real life they're it's only tiny. slightly bigger they're yeah. a little bigger for sure but it's like they're not like as big as Bowser or BBB. Yeah, they make it look in the direct. They make it look like it's night and day. Like they make it look like it's like here's an amiibo and here's Godzilla next to it, also known as Yoshi. <laughs> in reality, they're basically the same size, but they look great. They look really good, and I hope they. I hope the final ones look as good as the prototypes. I mean, when we were at ConCon last summer, we saw prototypes of amiibo that look way better than some of the final amiibo. Link, but um, I'm hoping these actually stay one to one and are the same. But more importantly, what are these amiibo getting? It's going to be like a single patch of um, felt. It's going to have like the yarn texture on it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's gonna, no, it's going to be plastic that's just carved to look like yarn. Hmm. <laughs> to look like knitting. That would kind of cool. I mean, it would in some way, but it's not but squishy it's, and adorable. Yeah, it'd be like a people's. I mean, yeah. I'm sure some people will use it as a hacky sack or something. Huh. 
Look at that. When Nintendo says you should stop playing and go outside, they can just show you hacky sacking a Yoshi in the future. <laughs> it works. But uh, so now that we know that these amiibo exist, the question becomes what do they do in Yoshi's Woolly World? And it turns out it's actually kind of this is one of the better implementations of amiibo, I think. They, they are your second power, player. They took the power from one game and put it in another. Essentially. But they're your second player. It's like this, yeah, it's like in Smash Bros. where it could be your co-fighter. In, oh, no, I meant oh. from the Mario 3D World, the double cherry, the double cherry. Oh, well, so, it's yeah. It's literally that. It's not fully that. It's yeah. sort of that. Not quite. Not quite. Because what you can do is it mimics two-player co-op, which is another thing they announced for Yoshi Woolly World in this direct, is at any time in the game, you can have a second player come in as a second Yoshi and use that player as a ball you could turn that Yoshi into a yarn ball and throw it into hard to reach places that you won't get otherwise so there's stuff you can unlock new things you can get you have a second player or if you use the Yoshi amiibo amiibo and see that's why I'm saying it's not identical to Double Cherry because they show you throwing one Yoshi with the other Yoshi if it was Double Cherry you'd both somehow throw yourselves which no? didn't happen you, you, yeah in the video they show one Yoshi no throw, no I know yeah, yeah cause like if two Yoshi are facing in the same direction they both stick their tongue out one of them's gonna hit the other one but it's the same thing. Like you were using double chair to like split the Mario's up. They both well, did yeah. identical things. They both always moved identically. But you're yeah. Well, yeah. This one moves identically until you decide to throw it in a ball. Then it goes up. Yeah, oh, that goes up. But the, then you move identically. Yeah. And then they again. continue to yeah. move identically. You're just yeah. Another, yeah. Yeah. I, I got caught up on the uh, one could turn to a ball while the other doesn't thing, which is a little different from the double chair. Well, that is one thing. Yeah. That's just something. I know. That's why I said I got caught up on it. It's, sure it's a minor. Think, yeah. yeah. But either way, it's a real, I think it's cool because you're not always going to... If you want to get to the harder things to unlock in Yoshi's Woolly World, you're not always going to have a second person to do it with. Now you can just scan your amiibo and use that, and you're good. I mean, ideally, there'd be a way to do it without having to spend 13 bucks on a little well, sure amiibo. But has Yoshi amiibo right now, so... Yeah, and these are just adorable. But in addition to the, um, the co-op thing, Nintendo talked a little bit more about Yoshi Woolly World in general, and... Uh, Actually, kind of on the getting to hard-to-reach places thing. They didn't talk about this, but I saw it in the video, and I made a mental note. And that is that there's definitely Miiverse integration in here. It, I mean, it's super obvious. It's not like I'm a detective. It's not like I'm Sherlock here. But if you notice, during the footage, at one point Yoshi grabs a stamp coin, and you can collect 20 at least on stage he was on. There's also a post to Miiverse button. So my suspicion, with my excellent detective work here, is that much like Mario 3D World, uh, every stage you can unlock a stamp. And the stamp you can then post to Miiverse, and it's kind of like a subtle way of having achievements, like in Mario 3 World, because, hey, how'd he get that stamp? I didn't get that stamp. What level is that stamp from? He must be really good at playing. I imagine some of those stamp coins are going to be tucked away in those nooks and crannies that you need a second player or a Yoshi amiibo for. Just a hunch. Because the core game, a lot like any Yoshi game, they said it's the same basic format. You're going to a world that's not exactly linear. You're exploring, you're finding hidden items like the stamp coin. And then you find the goal at the end and you move on to the next. So you can either try and find everything, you can just move your way through the stage. And now in Wooly World what they're doing is they have two modes. You can either do Classic, where it's like a normal Yoshi game, which they say will have actual difficulty to it. We'll see. Or you can do Mellow Mode, where Yoshi just is constantly flying and humming to himself in a little adorable voice. And that that's it. You just fly around, you don't get hurt, you don't do anything. Yeah, but you have an extra replay. Yeah, basically. And you can switch them at any time. In mid-level, in mid-game, in the middle of a boss fight. It doesn't matter. You just go to pause, switch the mode, and then you win. It's an in it's literally the instant win button. Remember when the revolution was, um, or the Wii was rumored as a revolution and someone joked, just going to have one big win button as this controller? Well, here it is. It's called Mellow Mode. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, the game looks pretty good. It's, um, you know, it's still a little ways off. It's not coming out till fall, probably because of the Amiibo, actually, because it's out in Europe in June, June 24th. And I get, I'm guessing these Amiibo take a little more time to make, so we're not seeing it here in the U.S. 
until sometime in the fall. Yeah, if they are made that way, you can definitely bet they're going to be in super low quantities. Probably, yeah. And uh, um, I also think it's kind of interesting that this is a really long gap between releases. We have Splatoon in May, and then nothing till September. I thought Yoshi would be in June, honestly, like well, in Europe. Probably not the fall. They haven't. If if it was coming out between now and summer, they would have announced it in this direct. Xenoblade just kind of is missing. Mario Maker, which we'll talk about in a bit, is the next one that's coming out in September. We don't know when anything else is coming out. Maybe they'll announce something for June, but I feel like they would have already. But yeah, so Yoshi's in the fall. Um, that's just one of two ways they're doing new amiibo. They're also doing new interactions with amiibo in the form of a game. I don't even know if I call it a game. Software, an app for the Wii U. It's an app. Yeah, amiibo tap. Nintendo's greatest bits. That's what it's called. It's a pretty good pun. And uh, basically, we, we talked about this before, not knowing exactly what it was. But this is going to be a free download. As Iwata kind of explained in a financial briefing earlier this year, it's a turn your amiibo into a demo disc sort of thing, I guess. So basically how it works is you open the app, you tap an amiibo on the gamepad, and that's going to trigger a three-minute demo of any number of NES or Super NES games. Every time you tap the amiibo, you get one of nine different scenes. The clock resets, so you really have three minutes per scene over nine, you know, over nine uh, scenes. That's actually a decent amount of gameplay for a demo. But um, that's that's pretty much all. That's all it is, and it makes sense at that point. Okay, yeah, I got I got Pit. I don't know where he's from. Let me scan him. Oh, cool. There's this game, Kid Icarus. I'll try that out. Oh, I like it. I'm gonna buy it. Uh, Except it doesn't work like that. That's your problem, though. Exactly. Many, that's what's dumb about many, it. Many people. Have never even seen a pit in the wild, or even owned a pit. True. Or know that a pit amiibo even exists. But let's say they did. Here comes the weird part about uh, great Nintendo's greatest bits, which is the dumb part, which is this, the thing I hate about it. You don't get to ch- the game doesn't correspond to the amiibo. I can scan a Mario and get Super Metroid. You can scan a Link and get Ice Climbers. There is no rhyme or reason well, for I mean, any first, of it. At first, I thought that was dumb, but then I realized. I mean, maybe unintentionally, but I was like, oh, I guess because of the e- amiibo crisis. Not everyone's going to have all these Amiibo to actually play their respective games from. Like, yeah. who has a Captain Falcon? Who but has then why even do the whatever? Amiibo tapping? Just give us an app that has three-minute demos of all these app- that, <laughs> It doesn't make sense. I know that either way, but at least this way, I guess it can ensure that you'll be able to play the games for Amiibos you potentially don't or will never have. That's true. I, you know, honestly, I think the thing that bothers me about this is because, is because they're just like, scan any Amiibo and play a game. Nintendo's trying to sell us as almost like an Amiibo feature when really all it is is a marketing tool that you're... It, it, it's free to download. It doesn't cost money. But, I mean, you open the game, and right there on the right side, taking up, like, a quarter of the screen is a big buy, like, an eShop button. Right there. Like, it's not very subtle what they're going for here. These are demos. They want you to buy the full game. And instead of just, you know, wonderful, wonderfully punny title aside, that was Greatest Bits. It's the best title they've come up with in a long time. Um, there's really nothing here. You can do this kind of better in NES Remix. Well, NES Remix is a full-fledged game. Or Smash Brothers has the masterpieces, yeah. NES Remix took this idea of we want people to try virtual console games, but then made a game out of it, which is what Nintendo usually does best, is gamifying things. And this one is just kind of like, yeah, just hit your Amiibo against your gamepad. Don't like it? Hit it again. Still don't like it? Hit it a third time. It's like, that's not very oh, engaging. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're back to the same one. It's just like, I don't know. This just seems very un-Nintendo. They, if they really, like you were saying, you know, if they're trying to accommodate me, Amiibo that aren't, don't exist or people can't buy, have us download a card shuffling app and it, you pick a card on the gamepad. You swipe down with your finger and boom, look, it's, it's uh, you're fighting Eggplant Wizard. Have fun. Like, it's, there's so many ways it could have done this without the weird Amiibo gimmick. I mean, I don't know. I sound overly negative about it. It's just this is such an obvious cash grab attempt. Not even a very good one. Nintendo's done better. NES Remix. NES Remix 2. 
Those are those are how they should be doing it. Granted, those cost money and this is free, but I don't know. And also, they're demoing the same games that we've had demos of on so many things like Smash and NES Remix. Like, there's really nothing new here. The list they showed during the direct, I'm like, every single one of those games you can play in NES Remix, or in or like two thirds of them are in Smash. So I'm not quite sure what they're going for. Guess they really want to sell their NES games. Yeah, well, it's easy money. It's super easy money. It's free money, basically. But, yeah, I don't know. But uh, while we're talking about Amiibo, I guess we should talk about the thing that made Amiibo what they are, which is Smash Bros. If it wasn't for Smash Bros, Amiibo would not be where they're at today. And uh, Nintendo confirmed Wave 4 and Wave 5 in the Direct, and then all hell broke loose for Amiibo collectors. It went crazy. But first, first, here's a quick rundown. Wave 6, they announced, like... Well, Wave 5 and 5... Yeah, Wave 5 and 6 I kind of combined into Wave 5. They announced Summer mm, yeah. and Fall. Yes, you're right. Wave 5 and 6. But but then all hell broke loose, like I started to say. So a quick rundown for those who may have missed any of the specific Amiibo news. Wave 4 is officially coming May 29th, same day as Splatoon, alongside the Splatoon Amiibo. And you will be getting Charizard, Pac-Man, Wario, Robin, Lucina... Wait, yeah, Lucina. I almost misread that. Uh, Greninja, Jigglypuff, and Ness. Now those final three... Those are retail exclusive because Nintendo hates us. Uh, but we will be getting to their hatred of us in a moment. First, there's also Wave 4. I mean, Wave 5 and Wave 6, I should discuss. So in July, we're getting like a special Kid Icarus wave of just Dark Pit and Palatina. And in September, yes, way in September, we're getting the next wave of Zero Suit Samus, Ganondorf, Olimar, who looks great, uh, Dr. Mario, and Bowser Jr., who also looks pretty good. And Ganondorf actually looks really good, too. They all look pretty good. Yeah, they all look pretty good. Um, when we were at Comic... WonderCon, uh, I keep saying ConCon. We were at WonderCon the other day. We actually got to see all of the Wave Four ones. Pac-Man looks really awesome. I did not th- think Pac-Man would look that cool. Aren't you happy you got them? Yes, I'm extremely happy. Wario looks pretty great. Charizard looks pretty them? good. I didn't get those two. Oh, I know you did. Uh, yeah, no, they look really good. They always look really good. But this batch in particular looks like intense. Trying to figure out how to like make them structurally sound without having giant sticks shoved up who knows where. So it's it's nice. But, uh, it, it, you know, it doesn't really matter how nice they are when um, there's the chaos that's currently going on. Because everything's dandy when they're like, hey, here's three more waves of Amiibo. They're going to be awesome. It becomes significantly less dandy once things start falling apart. So, here's what happened. For those who aren't up on the Amiibo scene, I'll give you a rundown. I know, Jose, that you're well aware of this because you've been struggling through it. So feel free to chime in with your um, hatred of the situation. So, um, all Nintendo said in the Direct was that some Amiibo will once again be retail exclusive. And they didn't give any indication of who's going to have who, when they're going to have it, how you're going to get it, anything like that. It was just like, here's the Amiibo, talk to your retailers, see ya. So what happened was GameStop first announced that they are going to have Ness as an exclusive, and they even went so far as to announce an on-sale time, both online and in-store, which is great. They said, okay, day after the Direct, at noon, go in-store, go to our website, get your Ness, life will be good, or so you think. Then the next day rolls around. Before it even becomes noon, before GameStop even gets there, Target, with no warning at like 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, is like, oh, by the way, we have Jigglypuff and here it is. They didn't even like announce it, they just put it up on the site. So people had no idea that they needed to like be ready for it. Jigglypuff sold out super fast. You, Jose, got lucky, right? Yeah, I was just on my phone waiting for just a pre-ordered tweet and then I just thought like, oh. But you didn't expect Jigglypuff, like you thought it was just for the general wave, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, I thought it was just like, like oh. And you're up early anyway. I was like, oh, Jigglypuff is up at Target. And I'm like, all right, I'll just get it. And it wasn't after I pre-ordered it that I saw, like, oh, this is an exclusive? Oh, wow, I didn't even... Last time I missed Donald Rosalina right yeah. away, I had to wait till 
It was up online again the day it came out. Yeah. And again, what's crazy is Target didn't announce they were going to do this, and they didn't say it would be exclusive. People were like super shocked that I was actually able to get one. Because they sold out in eight minutes. Yeah. And no one, again, this is the type of thing where you're like, you had to be on Twitter, or you had to be on the Reddit, Amiibo Reddit, and they didn't even give warning. So so Target did that, which didn't go so smoothly. Then noon rolls around on the same day, and GameStop decided, you know what, we originally told you publicly that you can get an Amiibo online or in-store. What we're going to now tell our employees privately is that you can only get them in-store using the in-store web kiosk. Which, by the way, that's so bizarre. Hey, come down to GameStop, log on to our public computer, and go to our website on our public computer to get the thing that you could have just got from the comfort of your own home. But whatever, we'll ignore that. So GameStop... Well, I get, well, I get their logic maybe with, like, okay, um, maybe to reduce... Hopefully some scalping. Yeah. No, we'll, probably. We'll make the people that actually want to get it, like, actually have to come to the store as opposed to just... No, I, I meant... I get that. That makes sense. I meant the concept of having a website in your store. No, yeah. That's so every, weird. Every store in the country was using the same... Yeah. Service. Which led to the issue... Well, first of all, the fact that they didn't publicly announce this is stupid because that led to part of their problem. And the problem was noon rolls around, GameStop.com crashes for an hour. GameStop's point-of-sale system, their, their internal point-of-sale system that their own network of computers uses crashed for an hour. GameStop basically completely grinded to a halt over a twelve in a $12 piece of plastic based on an Earthbound character. Which, if you think about it, is kind of insane. They handle huge game launches, and NES brought them to their knees because they, you know, Nintendo couldn't be bothered to make enough Amiibo, or whatever. Which is nuts. And then it also doesn't help that they screwed up their own uh, information sending because they told people go online to our website so it got bombarded right at noon but then they didn't tell people before noon oh just kidding don't go to our website that's not an option so their site went down for literally no good reason because they can't be bothered to tell people the only way people knew to go to the store is because the internal memo got leaked on twitter and reddit so that's how people knew that so then that happened right so now we're at noon 24 hours after less than 24 hours after the direct we already have target sold out and gamestop completely screwing up people eventually got nest at like 3 p.m but it wasn't even the people that necessarily got there at noon because some people had to wait in line for like two hours. Some people gave up. Again, this is for a $12 plastic figurine. It's crazy. I'm not, saying, I'm not judging people that want to buy it. I'm judging the fact that this much chaos can erupt from a $12 plastic figurine. But yeah, so that all happens, right? Then we have Toys R Us. Toys R Us announces, hey guys, we're going to have Greninja exclusive. We see what GameStop's doing. We're going to do this right. So tomorrow... At 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, go to our website, just our website, and order your Greninja. It will be perfect. There will be zero problems. Just go get a Greninja. Except then they upload the Greninja four hours early, silently, without any warning, and people very quietly just bought the Greninjas and went off their lives, and it sold out three hours before they were supposed to even be on sale in the first place. So, so far we're 0 for 3 with the exclusives, and we're 0 for 3 with any logic, rhyme, or reason to why you're selling Amiibo in the first place if you can't even get your act together. But <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It's so weird. And then, of course, there's all this... Oh, now you know what Toys R Us is doing is, oh, we screwed up Greninja, so you know what we're going to do? Now we're going to do what GameStop did. If you want a Greninja, come in store on Monday, April 27th, and we'll give you a pre-order for a Greninja, which you will then buy a month later on May 29th. So... My only hope is, like, if I somehow manage to pre-order Ness in store after work... Then I'm hoping I'll be able to pre-order Greninja in store after work if it was still available. Yeah, I I don't even know. They don't even say what time on the on the 27th to go. Like GameStop's like be there at noon. Toys R Us is just like 
Monday. <laughs> Unless Reddit even says, like, oh, we have an extremely limited quantity or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an internal memo, again, that got leaked from Toys R Us that uh, says expect, like, three to four per store. Some ridiculously small number. Oh, and, of course, as all, as all this is going on with the exclusives, we should also mention um, everyone that put them up for pre-sale has already sold out within about ten minutes. Best Buy put them up and sold out. Target put them up and sold out. Or, no, Target did not yet. Target only put up Jigby. Yeah, so Best Buy put them up and sold out. GameStop put them up and sold out. Uh... Is that it? No. Toys R Us put them up and sold out. And Toys R Us also did them four hours earlier than announced along with Green Ninja. So right now we have Amazon, Target, and like Fry's. As your, play Asia. As your, yeah, and Play Asia as your best bet. And I mean, you can imagine so like, like, this anger to love Amiibo fans. Is it taking Amazon one time because like Nintendo hates Amazon or something? I think Amazon's afraid. <laughs> I think they all want to feel the wrath of the fans. Because I mean, have you looked at Nintendo's social media accounts in the aftermath of this? Oh, yeah. No matter what they post... People just like go off on them. Like some Nintendo's like, "Hey, check out this video." Blah blah blah. And they're like, "I can't because by the time I, it ends, Amiibo will already sell out," or like something like that. Or the Shulk one. You showed me that one. Or they're like, "Hey, you may know Shulk as an Amiibo or a uh, Xenoblade or from Xenoblade." They're like, but, "Oh no, there's an Amiibo of him." I yeah, it's like I had no idea because he sold out so fast. But yeah, it's 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 understandable why people are mad. It's uh, it's just funny because things are getting so crazy that now the press is getting involved. Um, this guy David Roberts who writes for Games Radar, he put out an article that was titled "F U Amiibo." I'm, I'm out. That was it. Just "F U Amiibo." I'm out. Separately, Destructoid also put up a review of the Amiibo purchasing process, giving it a one out of ten and calling it a complete failure. <laughs> then, even mainstream media got involved. Forbes, you know, the financial news website Forbes, has an entire article about how bad Nintendo's handling this and how fans are pissed off. Like, it's it's getting pretty bad. And all the articles make similar points. Sure, Nintendo supply problems are likely real. Yes, there was a port strike. Okay, it takes time to manufacture the various figurines. Whatever. And there, and yeah, 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 there's clearly... Yes, I'm kind of put different ways of saying yes each time. And yeah, yeah, there's clearly more demand than a conservative Japanese company like Nintendo anticipated. Because they lowball all these numbers as low as they can. They want to not lose money, so they're making sure they hit the bare minimum. But, even with all that, there's still retail exclusives. That means, at least from my perspective, and from these guys' perspective, that means that if you are like, okay, I'm going to try and get Wario, which I'm trying to do, and I'll check five different stores' websites, and one of them I'm bound to luck out, you can't do that with the also equally hard-to-get Jigglypuff, Greninja... And Ness, because you don't get five opportunities. You get one opportunity, and you better be on Twitter or Reddit at that special moment when someone's like, it's in stock, or else you're screwed forever. Like, why do you retail exclusives yeah, if like you can't it's... even supply normal ones to five stores? Yeah, no, it's not like they make um, the same number of Jigglypuff as they do, like, I don't know, let's just say Pac-Man. Yeah. Like, they probably make more than every independent store would get, but it's not, like, that much more either. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest... To be honest, it's not entirely Nintendo's fault that this is happening. I mean, there's a few things you have to consider. The retailer should be prepared for this. The retailer should probably be sharing public information, not keeping it in internal memos that get leaked. If GameStop wants to change how they're going to sell their Amiibo, maybe, just maybe, they should tell the people that want to buy the Amiibo a couple hours in advance so they can like not crash their website and break their point of sale and literally stop all profit for an hour as a result. I mean, I know I'm, I know I'm talking crazy here, but just maybe. Like, it's somewhat the, ven- the the vendors it's somewhat the retailer's responsibility to actually like do this well and I mean who knows it's certainly possible Nintendo booked these things a year ago when no one expected the demand to be this high 
because if you look at the re- if you look at the exclusivity patterns, these are probably contracts from like a year ago. A redditor, a uh, guy on Reddit, a redditor pointed this out. It's actually a really good point. Let's say a year back, Nintendo's like, all right, we're gonna have this many amiibo, we're gonna have these characters. Who would be good fits for what? Well, let's see. GameStop should get the niche characters because only the gamers will care. So we'll give them Ness. We'll give them. Uh, I forgot who else they had. We'll give them Shulk. We'll give them Ness and Shulk. Those are super obscure. Only a few people will care. That's fine. Now, Toys R Us, they're really kid-friendly. Let's give them the Pokemon. Kids love Pokemon. So Greninja, Lucario, done. Target, well, I mean, they're a little more casual. More women might go there. We'll give them girlfriendly characters in case someone's there, a girl's there with their mom. Or, you know, a more casual person. So Rosalina, sure. So Jigglypuff, why not? see them in the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, so the, the idea was, all right. We'll outline this entire thing, we'll send them off, we'll sign contracts, and these contracts are probably signed forever ago. So Nintendo might literally have their hands tied and be unable to cancel these exclusives now that it's happening. But that makes it even more important for the retailers to get their act together, and on top of that, I don't know why Nintendo's being silent. Why can't Nintendo team up with Target and say, on you know, on their official Twitter, hey, tomorrow, 10am, Target will have X number of Jiggly, you know, Target will have the first wave of exclusive Jigglypuffs available. Go then. And then the next day, hey, missed the 10 a.m. one? Maybe you're at work? Okay, 5 p.m., next wave of Jigglypuffs. Go then. And then Target just has to make sure their servers can last, which is something they should be doing anyway because it's their store. They're choosing to be the one selling it. It's their responsibility. Like, there's so many ways to avoid this issue, and instead Nintendo's just being totally silent and stores don't even know what they're doing. It's just, it's so stupid. I don't know. I'm not even a hardcore collector. I have a few I want. Like, I'm getting two from wave five, four, whatever wave this is. Four. But it's just like I it's just weird to see Nintendo be this dumb. I I don't know. Even after they so called the like acknowledge their problem. Right? Yeah, and then they're like, Oh the port strike and we're like, Oh, the port strike, okay, problem solved, it's over. And even Gold Mario was handled know, really well. I know there was um like so much like optimism like going into this way. They were yeah. like, like like, oh, I bet it's going to be, like, so easy to find them. You can walk to a store. It's going to be a problem of the past, and it's now worse than ever. Yeah, I mean, like, I know it's always fun to watch train wrecks. So I feel like the first three waves of Amiibo, it was kind of entertaining. But now it's like the train derailed, crashed through an airport, knocked over some planes, is now somewhere on the highway with a 20-car pilot behind it. It's just like... They destroyed a a kid in orphanage. Essentially. That's part hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. That's what this is. No, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. I don't get... Nintendo can at least coordinate things a little, I guess. I will say, I do have Pac-Man reserved. I do have Splatoon reserved. I'm I'm okay. I just want Wario, and I'm good. But And, and what's really disappointing is Gold Mario handled all this so well. When they did Gold Mario, Walmart did waves. They're like, all right, here's some more. Here's some more. Here's some more. And yeah, they didn't announce them in advance, but they had like four or five sets go on sale. So if, even if these guys did that, that'd be helpful. But we've got, we've got no word that's happening. GameStop says they're not even going to do online sales for Nest because they ran out in their in-store web thing. Yeah, they ran out of... They uh, ran out before they even did the thing they uh, wanted to do. Um, they run out of every single Amiibo that the store is going to get. Like, everything. Like It's yeah. insane. And they, you they know what's crazier? Like, this is not, only in America. Yeah, essentially, like, if you walk into a store looking for anything that's way forward, it's already sold out. Like, way yeah. forward is sold out. I mean, for pre-orders. it is great for Nintendo. They're going to get a ton of money. But uh, it's so insane. Like, you go to Europe, you go to Japan, and you can just walk in and buy any Amiibo at any time. Here, it's like... Which is also kind of... Here, it's like Mad worry. Max in real life. Over, like, it's like water, but Amiibos. I think it's um, we're in a lucky position where it's like okay, we're not in school. We we already have a job, like whatever. So we can look at the internet while at our jobs. Yeah, like we can just like I mean, I don't, I know it's not gonna kill me to like import some if I need to, and I probably would. I mean, if I want the full set, I know I'm gonna be able to get it. I know I'm not gonna have to pay scalper pricing. Right. And 
Amazon UK actually isn't even that bad. Is it weird though that I want the American ones because the UK ones have different like uh, you know how like in America you have the FCC logo on the bottom of electronic devices, like all those little symbols on the back of like your iPhone. Sure. Yeah. So for the American Amiibo, they have like because it's a transponder, they have the American symbols on the bottom and the American copyrights. The UK ones have the CE of Europe, which is the consumer electronic symbol or something and they have european copyrights it's like no i want the ones with american copyrights i'm in america and i'm an american (laughs) like it's weird like i don't want to import them because i want them to be like the right ones not the right ones i'm excited the world you know what i mean the (laughs) correct the the american ones because i'm american yeah because you would never want like a spanish one because it has to be in english that's the language you speak yeah like it's just it's weird but it's it's kind of like i refuse to import for that reason I'm I'm weird. I don't make sense. But uh, but yes, yeah, so that's the amiibo situation. I'm hoping it will improve. It, especially because it is the base, like the part that's always down. Like, yeah, that's play. what's even stupider. Is I know I'll never see it, and I don't even. Well, maybe part is because I don't open half of them, so I want to have the box that actually matches the rest of the boxes. Because I think the boxes are better in Europe. I know they numbered. I know, I know. But see, then I'll have some numbered, some not. It won't make sense. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's that's probably all there is to say about amiibo at this point. Honestly, hopefully Nintendo gets their act together. There's some very. I really hope they get this act together by, um, you know, maybe by the time the Yarn Yoshis come out, because I really want one. That'd be nice. Yeah, and that's that's literally half a year from now. I, so I, I Nintendo. I'm just kind of hope already. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna assume it's gonna be a, a, a complete Twitter mess. mess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is weird that it's, it's strangely exhilarating to get one. Like, it should not be exhilarating. I should not feel a, like a total like adrenaline rush buying a plastic toy. But it has happened now. <laughs> like, because when you're on Twitter, you see, like, oh my god, you're clicking, like, yes, yes. I know, you, you click to empty your cart, it's not there, and you're like, no. Oh, the worst is when you have it in the cart, and you start paying, and then suddenly it's out of the cart. Like, because I, I tried to get Pac Man Wario at the same time. I got Pac Man, but Wario's just like, oh, well, you, your order's processed, but only Pac Man. Like, where, where'd Wario go? <laughs> well, I had him. But yeah, it, it's a mess. So that, that's it for me. It's like having him in your shopping cart, and then someone grabs it. It's literally like someone shoplifting out of your shopping cart, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the worst feeling yeah. in the world. It's worse than like any number of diseases, I'm sure. <laughs> but no, but that that's really all there is to say about Amiibo. I hope they clean it up. But we should probably talk about um, the game causing the mayhem, which is Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS. So uh, they, this is the game that actually opened the Nintendo Direct, and it did ex- it did so exactly how people expected, and then a number of ways that nobody expected. So first, as expected, Mewtwo was shown. And it was announced that he's going to be available really soon. If you registered both versions of the game on Club Nintendo, you will be getting him on April 15th, which is only, like, I don't know, a week and a half from now. If you didn't do that, well, you can buy him. He's $3.99 on the Wii U or the 3DS, or if you get him on both, he's $4.99 discounted. Like, if you do a twofer thing. Interesting thing about that, you have to, you buy him on one, you get a download code, you enter the download code on the other, and then he downloads on the other. It's not an automated cross-buy. Nintendo still hasn't figured that out yet, somehow. They can they can decide up so you can buy something from their website and have it automatically download on your Wii U, which isn't even you know directly connected. But they can't get it so your 3DS and your Wii U on the same Nintendo network ID can auto download. But that's okay. At least they're giving it to us. So um, that's actually coinciding with a game update also on the 28th. Oh yeah, so if you don't have Club Nintendo and Mewtwo, you get them on the 28th. That same day, Nintendo's gonna release all the sharing stuff for Smash Bros. in a game update that includes you know replay sharing, screenshot sharing, all that. No word on the Miiverse stage, but they are doing game tweaks to balance out the characters again, presumably from Mewtwo, so be on the lookout for that. They didn't say what that will entail, but April 28th, we'll all find out. say Diddy's going to get hit pretty hard? Probably. I Probably. Mean, even if like you don't play Smash Bros. competitively, the buzzword is, oh, Diddy's the best, Diddy's the best. Japanese tier list, he's like always at the top, and I'm sure like 
Sakurai said that he knows, like, he's aware of all these things. Yeah. But he also seems to go based on character usage. So, I mean, Diddy's considered the best character, but whenever I play online, I don't really play See him that much. often. So, there's that, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But what, what do you think of Mewtwo? So, they showed, they did show him off um, in a trailer that opened the direct, like I was saying. And his moves look similar to Melee. He has a new fi- <laughs> the same. He has a new Final Smash where he turns into uh, a Mewtwo awkward, Y. Awkward years Mewtwo. Yeah, yeah, Teen Mewtwo. Always called it. Yeah, uh, emo Mewtwo. And uh, he also the, the he performs a Final Smash that they're calling uh, Psy Strike, where basically it looks like he just like I don't know why he does that. That's not how Psy Strike. I know, but that's what it's called on Smash Bros. website. I looked into it. and I'm like, that can't be right. And then I looked at what Psy Strike was on. Uh, like in Pokemon, I'm like, that still can't be right, but that's what it says on SmashBros.com, we'll take it. But yeah, so what's what's your thoughts? Because, I mean, Elvis used to use Mewtwo a lot, so you're familiar with Oh, I used to use Mewtwo. Oh, you used to him. Elvis, that's right. Elvis is to main Lucas. That's right. Who, coincidentally, I guess I'll mention it now, is a surprise, also returning character. Yeah. Uh, because, like, Elvis, like, I mean, kind of like, well, I guess to a lesser extent, like, like, Rob is, like, one of my best characters in mm-hmm. Smash Brothers, and because of Smash Brothers, I ended up really liking Rob as a character. Mm-hmm. But, on the other hand, it's like, oh, there's Ike. I love using Ike in Smash Brothers, but I could care less about Ike as a character. If it's, like, outside, like, if I see an Ike figure in the store, I probably wouldn't get it, because it's like, oh, I don't care about Ike. It's sure. Smash Brothers. And I guess it's the same thing with Lucas. Like, for Elvis, like, he'll use him in Smash Brothers if he's there, but if not, then... Right. He's not but now he's there again. He's not like <laughs> those people that I'm sure... Oh my god. Like, well, I, well, I should rephrase. He's there in gym. Yeah, so people are like, oh, I'm going to go download Mu- uh, Mucus. Uh, Lucas. He'll be out in gym. Mucus. <laughs> <laughs> the number of people yeah. to see where it's like, oh, my baby's come home or welcome yeah. back. Oh, I don't know. This is kind of weird. He has some pretty impressive denim on those shorts, though. That HD denim. Yeah, but he also looks like identical. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. I guess, like, Lucas is fine. I don't think anyone expected him to be any different. He's a nice surprise. He wasn't Brawl. But um, Mewtwo, though, he skipped, he skipped Brawl. And. Yeah. And Melee, I mean, I don't know, he, he, he was a fun character to play with, but his moveset was always really, like, it could have done, it could have been better. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was just thinking, like, okay, there's, they can't port a GameCube character to the Wii U as And yet they did. They have to build them, like, from <laughs> scratch. So I'm, so I was giving them the benefit of the doubt, like, okay, they're probably going to go along and just, like, give them something completely new, but instead they kept them exactly the same. So, like, But no, he has a final smash. <laughs> that's pretty much irrelevant I know the way I, know. I play so. yeah when you play like, yeah, so it's like yeah. his mind will not have it um, so because of that it's like I don't know my excitement for him just kind of went down a little I was kind of hoping like oh I was pretty much treating him like a brand new character as opposed mm-hmm. to like a returning fighter right And now well, that's kind of a weird choice on your part honestly well because I mean it's been long enough that it's like I mean I don't know no one's used me to since Melly so, sure I don't know they, they could have they, they could have done something different yeah and they didn't and, now he's like, oh. and Lucas is in the same boat, really. He's identical. Yeah. But, but that HD hair. Yeah, but he he was like just in the previous game, so. Yeah, yeah, so it's not as big of a deal. Uh, well, the good news for you is if you want brand new characters, this is the un- remember I said that like some of what they show about Smash was expected, some was unexpected. This is probably the most unexpected thing. I I never thought Nintendo would do this. They're like you suggest. The way Sakurai talks about yeah, every time about every like, character, and he's like, he's basically like, I know what's best. <laughs> don't like, you guys aren't gonna get that. In an interview, he's like, no, this is it. We have nothing planned. I don't want to work on this game anymore. Please get me out. Yeah, and now, and now, not only do we I'm have Mewtwo and forever. Lucas, yeah, he's stuck here forever because Nintendo has opened what they're calling the Smash Bros. Fighter Ballot at SmashBros.com. So basically, if you guys missed this in direct, from now until October, go to the website and tell Nintendo any character you want. Nintendo Smash Bros. Facebook page like, please, any Nintendo character. But then Nintendo separately was like, any character. So, I'm seeing some interesting ones. Um, I mean, so far... 
Yeah, yeah, that's what's interesting is Konami's already tweeted Get Snake in there. Ubisoft's already tweeted Get Rayman in there. And uh, Phil Spencer, the guy that runs Microsoft's games division, someone's like, hey, what do you think about Banjo-Kazooie and Smash? And he's like, do it. So I Nintendo will never do that because it's promoting a competitor's uh, mascot. But anyone seems fair game. And it's actually kind of cool. Like, I really want Chibi Robo. I think Chibi Robo would be great. Um, if, if this was like a presidential campaign, I'd have a whole speech, right? Like a stump speech for Chibi Robo. But basically, <laughs> um, no, seriously, imagine all the moves he could do from his head because all the stuff is stored in his head. So he could yeah, pull out a vacuum and suck someone up. He could pull out a mallet. He could pull out a who knows what. Mallet. Or not a mallet. I'm just making things up now. And like a zombie would be like his little chopper. Yeah. He would have his little pew pew gun projectile. Yep, yep. He would probably hit you with his toothbrush. There's so many opportunities. See, I assume he had a mallet. I don't think he runs. He makes that little musical note. Yeah, the yeah, but he's like his like cord, like to hit people with, like a tail whip of sorts. Yeah, no, I mean he'd be a great character. But so our point is, what you should do after this podcast is go smashbros.com, click the poll, and type in Chibi Robo. And when they say why, just be like, because ramnintendo.com. Then Nintendo know who we are, and it's a win-win. No, but seriously, he's a good character to pick. There's a lot of good characters to pick. But the thing I find so interesting is what they're doing is they're focus testing. That's all this is. Nintendo's basically saying, hey, we don't know who you want or what will sell and make the DLC worth making. So why don't you tell us who you want, and they'll make the DLC, and that will guarantee we make a ton of money off it. No, it's kind of genius. Amiibo. And then they'll make it an Amiibo. Mewtwo and Lucas Amiibo is confirmed. This one will probably have it. It's basically Nintendo saying... We give up. Just tell us what you want so we can make the maximum profit. I feel like this one's also guaranteed. That's why I think it's kind of a waste of time to vote for characters that have already come out. Like, yeah. well, maybe Snake, but maybe Snake, I don't know, maybe worth voting for, but I feel like Wolf, wanting Wolf to come back, wanting Roy to come back, I feel like... I'd rather have newbies. There's probably even a good chance that those characters are probably already even planned, like Ice Climbers. Like, I, yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure like we're gonna get another character announcement at E3 or maybe like a few more because mm-hmm. by the time this character reveal comes out, like maybe halfway next year, mm-hmm. something like that. Like I don't know, they're gonna keep wanting to make money from this. Like this know. is easy money forever. Yeah, so <laughs> expect at least like two or three more character reveals before we even get this one, which will probably be like yeah. And I mean, I will say too, uh, even if they're all returning, we're, we're essentially gonna get exactly what Sakurai said this game wasn't gonna be. Yeah, literally. Brawl with more characters. Which is so weird. Which it really is. Like, and it's funny how Nintendo had specific... This specific... going to be a little different than previous Smash Bros. Like, no, it's identical. Yeah. Well, you sound angry so... about this. <laughs> well, I don't know. More more like... Well, I'm, I'm okay with... You were misled. Just like, if he was going to go all out... He should have said something. Yeah. I have a feeling that Nintendo well, strong-armed... Him, I guess. I have a feeling... Strong... No, Nintendo strong-armed into do... him into doing this. The way Satoru Iwata, Nintendo's global president, as everyone knows, announced this in the Direct, he's like, in coordination with Masahiro Sakurai, series producer, we are announcing... So I think what it is, is Nintendo said, hey, those Namco Bandai guys you worked with, we're just going to have them keep making characters. You can be there if you want. You don't have to. I mean, we know what we're doing now. It's okay. And he's like... It's my baby. I'll be there. Whatever. Just do it. <laughs> like, they probably forced him into Like, it's like, we're doing it regardless. Do you want to be part or no? And he's like, I, I guess. But, um, yeah. I will say I feel horrible for whatever intern at Sora LTD or Nintendo is in charge of reading these. Because some of the suggestions... I will, to the community's credit. I like the silhouette. Retro yes, yes, the Retro the the um, don't swing your Wii remote yeah. around too harsh. Yeah, that'd be a good one. But some of the suggestions are great. There's that. I haven't noticed very many returning character ones, except Ice Climbers. I've seen some pitches for, which is nice because people seem to realize what you're I saying. Of, um, well, it wasn't one that was submitted because you can't submit pictures. But yeah. I like the one where someone's suggesting snake. Yeah. And for the description, it just had a picture of a snake figure, like 
holding a pit a, a, the pit figma figure hostage with like a gun pointing to his head <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> but uh if anyone's wondering why i laughed with my mouth closed i had water in it uh, but no, I was gonna say that there's some awful. <laughs> we don't need to know that. You get to know anyway. We do have some awful suggestions coming in as well. Goku, WWE wrestlers, and by awful I mean not like they're bad ideas. They are, but more like there's no way Nintendo's gonna have Brock Lesnar of the WWE <laughs> show up, or like The Rock's not gonna show up with a taunt of like, "Do you smell what I'm cooking?" That's not gonna happen. <laughs> Someone also suggested Amiibo situation. How would that even work? I don't know. Um, okay, Man would be cool. Just if that like a mob of people. I have no idea. Just a mob of very angry Nintendo fans. I think it's an out of order thing. I have an out of order sign. No, you know what it would be? I mean, I mean no, no, it's, 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 it's going to be a small mob, Wonderful 101 style, of angry Nintendo fans that's also combined with a mob of angry YouTubers that Nintendo's taking the ad revenue from. And together they'll just be the angry Nintendo fans, and that will be, that'll be a whole character. But no, uh, the other unexpected thing that came out of the Direct involving Smash Bros. This one... The Smash Bros. thing was, or the poll was the most unexpected in a good way. This is probably the most unexpected in a bad way. Is that Smash Brothers is entering the wonderful, wonderful world of microtransactions. So what they announced is your Mii Fighters will now get custom clothing. Uh, you can get them on either the 3DS for 75 cents or the Wii U for 75 cents. Or get them on both for $1.15, which is a pretty decent savings actually. But they're just outfits. And admittedly they look cool, but they're literally shirts and hats that you're paying real human money for barely any people play yeah so if you're curious and you didn't see them they have uh, the w- they're gonna be waves of these as well very amiibo-esque i think it'd be worth paying for maybe like one or two no no like if they actually give us a re like reskins of other characters like maybe give us a oh, dry bowser yeah that'd be good or like i don't know like a funky kong but, but even then, paying for this seems weird. Cause, so here's the first wave, if anyone well, I, mean, I mean, that's, well, I don't know. I guess because I'm, I'm already used to this kind of stuff from the PS3 side. Cause Capcom does but Nintendo stuff. said they're never going to do this, and now here they are well, doing know, it. It just seems like, I mean, like, for Marvel vs. Capcom, like, every character had, like, two... Well, they had, like, one alternate outfit that either yeah. referenced another character or made the character change completely. Because, like, um... Like, just, like, one quick example, like, Bionic Commando. Everyone remembers uh-huh. him from old NES game where he had, like, red hair, sunglasses, and an attitude or whatever. Right. And then at some and point... And an attitude. Yeah, you just said an attitude. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> and at some point, he got changed to, like, some guy with dreads. And, right, yeah, from the reboot. Yeah, that everyone, like, seemed to hate. Yeah, like for, that game bombed. Like, for DLC, like, they made him look exactly like the original version. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, oh, people never have to play as the other one. I so, guess. But, I mean, like, it all came in, like, in a bundle. Yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, that's the thing, though. That it came in a bundle. These are by themselves. Because you can get uh, a Smash Bros. t-shirt, whoo, a uh, Majora's Mask outfit, a Link outfit, a Mega Man X helmet and armor, Proto Man's helmet and armor, Dunban from cool. Xenoblade. That actually looks like you're actually playing as those characters. Yes, those are actually kind of nice. Oh, and you could be a monkey or a cat. Because, why not? But, so th- that's wave one, and you they're 75 cents each. So, like, yeah, Proto Man, Mega Man, those would be cool. Or, if you want to spend a ton of money, you know, it's only $9.20 to get all the costumes on both systems in a cross-buy bundle. You're paying ten dollars for a bunch of costumes that you're probably not gonna use very much. Just, just saying, just saying. This whole thing feels very weird and un-Nintendo to me. Like that's like something they would get for free normally. Like, exactly. Well, yeah, because up till now, Nintendo, even if you just look at how they do DLC, they've been so generous. I mean, Mario Kart 8's DLC I guess was. You've a, already got enough with those free stages that we just made. We just turned off stuff so we could play free. Oh yeah, but that doesn't count. Like, but these would be free because, like, I mean, think about how Nintendo's done DLC up till now. Mario Kart 8's DLC was like a whole half of the game for free, and it was priced quite well. Mario Golf World Tour, when it came out, they gave you like half the game for a third the price. Uh, what else? New Super Mario Bros. 2, they gave you entire new level packs. 
Even Hyrule Warriors, which is probably the closest analogy with costumes. Yes, there were costumes, but they were bundled with levels and modes and boss rushes and other things. Like, no, never has Nintendo just been like, hey, here's a shirt here for 75 horse cents. Armor. Yeah, it's, this is literally their horse... This is their horse armor moment, but at a more reasonable price. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all it is. It's reasonable, but it's a reasonable <laughs> It's reasonable, but it's insane. No, but it's just like, this is the type of thing that, like, even, I mean, Mario Kart 8 has costumes, but you just get them with Amiibo. So, sure, you're paying for the Amiibo, but you're getting an Amiibo with it. Why didn't they just turn on Amiibo costumes for these guys? Why does it have to be pay money? Or, like, Street Pass, you would literally get this for free. In the daily, like, you know, little raffle thing they do. It's just it's just so weird. It feels very mobile game. It feels like something, like, I was, you know, if you're playing, like, some weird Smash Bros. on iPhone, and then it's like, hey, do you want to, like, look like this character? Now you can. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's really Your strange. Gems. The Witch Gems. Yeah, or or diamonds, as is the case oh, yeah. with Pokemon Rumble, which we'll talk about in a bit. But actually, you know, now that I mentioned Pokemon Rumble and I mentioned this, there's a weird theme in this. There's a very weird theme in this Nintendo Direct. There's a lot of very cool stuff being shown, but there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't have cost money in the past, or would have been part of like something bigger, and now does cost money and is not part of something bigger. I think Smash is probably the uh, strongest example, but like all these amiibo features and games, that's kind of another example of like DLC. That you have to pay individually. The whole amiibo tap thing, that's just like a demo collection that's just like, hey, give us money. That's just, there's all these things of Nintendo just saying like, hey, we want more of your money and we're not even going to be subtle about it or make products for it. Just just hand it over. You, you you like us, just give us your money. It's fine. Like, it's just so, it's so bizarre. I mean, at least on the flip side, Mario Kart 8 is still being fair, I guess. Mario Kart 8 is still a pretty good deal because, uh, they announced in the direct. Didn't we already pay for the DLC? They, we did, but it's still a good price. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not as good. Yeah, we paid for it. For some reason, I forgot. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm, it feels like I'm getting it for free because it was such a long time ago that we paid for it. Yeah. But I remember at that point, I was like, oh, I don't want to pay this for an advance for yeah. digital content. But I mean, for eight bucks, you're getting four, uh, oh, eight yeah. new tracks, two, three or four new carts, and three characters. And now, DLC Pack 2, as they're calling it, uh, they announced in the direct is coming out a month early. Instead of May, it's coming out April 23rd. And they showed off one of the new tracks in full in the direct, and it looks gorgeous. The Animal Crossing track, I love it. I don't know how the layout is, but I love the look of it. So basically, um, there's Animal and features from Animal Crossing in the track, like around the track, and the seasons change every time you play the track, kind of like the design does in the Excite Bike track. And it's not just like the seasons change, but like the decorations of the track, the stuff going on. Like I think KK Slider's only there during one season, so you're not gonna see him every so often, just like in the real game. Uh, Or maybe they'll do it by clock and use Saturday. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it looks really nice. Everything's in HD. The characters are in HD. They re-recorded the Animal Crossing theme with live instruments at a faster, like, race-friendly rate. Like, they put some effort into it, and it looks really, really good. They also reconfirmed Villager. Yeah, the song, also, the music is also, also goes with the season. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and even little things like they have Christmas lights in the winter, like, it just looks great. And they confirmed not only is Villager going to be a playable character as previously announced, but now they have a male and female one, which I don't think they said before. They also have, they did. did they? I did not recognize the girl. I do recognize the girl. See, I didn't at all. Maybe I'm wrong. She but also looks like the one from the that 3ds thing that we were talking about earlier. Uh, d- Happy, Home that, Happy Home Designer. Happy Home Designer. Yeah. Like oh yeah, it is the same. Yeah. Look at that synergy within their own. She looks like a real estate agent. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. It's that. It's that. The bangs in the front. And the red outfit. The bangs in front. The red outfit. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So they have those. Isabel, Dry Bowser. Those are all confirmed. Uh, it's a solid package. And Nintendo's not stopping there. That's what's even better, is they closed out the Direct by announcing... Um, well, they didn't quite close out with this. But first they said that Amiibo costumes are getting updated. 
Again, this is free. This is how Nintendo used to do things. So there's a whole second wave of Amiibo that will now be supported in the game, including all the third-party ones. Sonic, Pac-Man, Mega Man. They'll have costumes in Mario Kart. So you can basically look like Mega Man driving around Mario Kart. Or you can look like a guy who randomly has an electric Pac-Man face on the back of his helmet, if you want. But the Mega Man one's actually really, actually really cool, and they have some first-party ones in there, too. And this is how they should do it. If they're going to do costumes, do it with Amiibo. But uh, the, the, the thing they announced is actually really cool and free, because Nintendo knows what they're doing sometimes. They're really going above and beyond, actually. Is uh, Mario Kart 8 is getting an update alongside the DLC on April 23rd that will enable, for the first time ever, a 200cc class of racing. It looks fast. I don't know if it's it quite is. F-Zero GX fast, but it is fast. I was watching a side-by-side comparison. Me too, I watched the Dolphin one. Yeah. Yeah, the time it takes for the regular one to finish one lap, the other one was already more than halfway through the second lap. Yeah. Which is pretty ridiculous. It Yeah, it really is. I mean, this is probably the closest we're going to get to a new F-Zero, just because F-Zero isn't that big of a franchise anymore. And you know what? I'll take it. I'm fine with that. It's... It looks not... It's not quite as reflex-heavy. Uh, like oh, no, no, don't get wrong. I love F-Zero, but if this is the stopgap... Because, I mean, because of the, the whole hook of that, I thought, was the fact that there are no items. It's just That's pure true. racing. That's true. Yeah, I, mean, I should I mean, rephrase. It's, it's just card combat. I should rephrase. Yeah, yeah no I should rephrase. I still want F-Zero. But if this is the stopgap they're going to... If this is the stopgap they're going to give us for a few years, I will take it happily. I would rather have F-Zero, but I'm not going like, to be like, just make F-Zero instead. Like, this is pretty good, because it's very reflex-based. You're going to have to be braking a lot. They specifically pointed that out, that you're actually going to have to use your brakes for once. Nah. I mean, I don't know I'll if we actually will have to. Yeah, same, same, same. But it's just like, this is pretty close to what we're getting, in terms of how F-Zero uh, GX was, at least in concept of speed. But it's also interesting that Nintendo, the same company who I was, who we were literally just complaining about nickel and diming us, is now giving us an entirely new mode of Mario Kart for free, and it works with every track, and it works with every mode. It's just more Mario Kart. Yeah, it does change a lot of the tracks, like shortcuts, new shortcuts will arise. Old ones won't work. Yeah, gliding sections become a lot, a lot more different, so I don't know. Yeah, but it's interesting, like, the juxtaposition of this and the Smash Bros. costumes makes me wonder, maybe Nintendo isn't going full microtransaction crazy stupid. Maybe they're still experimenting. Maybe Mario Kart, which is like their breadwinner right now, they don't want to mess with too much. But Smash Bros, oh, what's the worst that's going to happen? People won't buy the costumes. It didn't cost them anything to make them. Then maybe that's a test, and this is the real Nintendo. And maybe we can speak with our money and get them to not do microtransactions for everything and just have them keep doing stuff like DLC Pack 2 and and the free 200cc. Like, I don't know, but it seems kind of... It's interesting that in the same direct, they announced such totally polar opposite payment method Or, yeah, payment approaches. So... So we'll see. I mean, it, it, it's all coming soon, all his downloads. And also coming as downloads, while we're on the topic, is uh, the Virtual Console got a pretty meaty update. Nintendo DS games and N64 games are now available on the Wii U eShop. Uh, it's, um, they both launched the same day, which is the same day as the Direct. And uh, they came with Yoshi's Island DS, Super Mario 64. Both are available for download currently, now. And later in the month, you're going to be able to get WarioWare Touched, Mario Kart DS, and Yoshi Touch and Go for the DS, and Donkey Kong 64 and Paper Mario for the N64, all by all, all before May. What I find particularly interesting about this is not so much that they finally did what they said they were going to do and released them, but how the DS is handled. Like, everything's so customizable. So for the DS, you can choose exactly how you want the screens to lay out. 
there could be like they could be stacked vertically on the gamepad. You could have the top screen on the TV and the bottom screen on your gamepad. Yeah, you could have you could have a really weird one where it's on the TV and there's like a big screen in two thirds of the screen and a little tiny one in the other third, and somehow that's supposed to be equal to. They showed it with Yoshi's Island DS. I'm like. N- you use both screens like you're on, you're physically platforming on both why would i want to play it where half of it's up there in a little square and two-thirds of it's down here in a big square but the other the other weird one actually is they have one where it's a picture of the ds on the screen and the screens are on the ds screens and it's not like a nice ds it's like the old school tie fighter looking bulky ds yeah i don't know what they're thinking with that one but uh, it apparently will depend on game. What option you can do for how you play will vary game to game. But like Mario Kart DS looked great because it, it all on the TV with the map on the gamepad. Yoshi's Island DS looked not so great. Um, if you're on the N64 side, you gotta control um, which of the three prong holds you do with the N64 controller and then customize the buttons. So that could be a little useful. And any game that had Rumble support on N64 will have Rumble, Rumble support on the gamepad, which I think is a no-brainer, but Nintendo felt the need to specify. So, if you're interested in them, um, 10 to 13 bucks will get you a DS game. Uh, no, sorry, I mis- misspoke. 10 to 13 bucks will get you an N64 game, but if you had it on the Wii and transferred it over to your Wii, it's only $2 to upgrade. DS games will be 7 to 10 bucks. With the exception of GameCube, we now have every single Nintendo platform. Oh, wait, maybe not Game Boy. With the exception of GameCube and Game Boy, we now have every single Nintendo the platform. Wii U, Wii U. Yeah. Like, the Wii U is basically the ultimate first party Nintendo game machine at the moment, which is kind of cool. Maybe game people eventually make it, and we can have everything in one place. But yeah, that's just that was just more like a FYI than anything else. I don't really have thoughts on it. I think it's about time they did it. It's a good way to fill the gap in their library going to the summer. I don't know how many I'm gonna buy, considering all my DS games. I know exactly where they are, and they still work just fine on my 3DS. But it's cool to have that for people that may have missed out on some stuff. I question Yoshi Touch and Go being part of the initial wave. That game's not that. It's it's fun in like five minute chunks, but I would not use that as a launch of your entire DS Virtual Console service. But that's just me. Uh, so that that's the immediate stuff happening with Wii U that they discussed in the Direct. There's also a couple things to touch on for Fall and Beyond. Uh, here's kind of a quick rundown. There's not a ton to say about each, but they talked about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So uh, first up, Mario Maker. For the most part, what Nintendo shared about Mario Maker, we kind of already know. There's four Mario games uh, that you can skin your levels as. That's the original, Mario 3, Mario World, and New Super Mario Bros. U. Uh, you'll be able to upload and share these levels online within the game, which we now have doubly con- doubly confirmed. It was mentioned in passing in an interview. Now it's officially, officially official. The interface looks very Mario Paint-esque, not just like the menu, not just like the uh, buttons, but like the actual menus themselves, with, like birds and random things on them. So that yeah, got the bird are back. Yeah, the bird. Every time Nintendo does a creative thing, they put those birds. Have you noticed? The parakeets go. Yeah, the parakeets. It's uh, it's kind of a nice, consistent theme of theirs. But what's most interesting to me is that two things popped up in the direct. One was a release window coming out in September, which is a little later than the first half of 2015 they originally promised, but not as much as I thought. Also means it's not their big holiday game, so they have bigger plans. And the second thing is they very quickly showed a menu screen that displays what appears to be some sort of level sequencing. They did not address it. They did not say anything about it. They were too busy talking about, oh, it's the third anniversary of Mario, and we're going to have all these events for Mario, and this game will be like the centerpiece of it, which is actually good marketing. But... If you watch the footage, there's a hair of a clip of this thing where there's like World 1, four levels, World 2, a couple levels, World 3, a few more levels, and they actually have arrows pointing from level to level. You're able to string these things together and build a whole game, which is actually kind of cool. Well, I don't know if you'll be able to share the whole game online, 
but you can at least share individual levels, download the levels, and string together your own game, it looks like, which is super awesome. I still want them to have some sort of actual game in here. Like, I, I know we talked about this in the past on the show, but just something where it's like, maybe the level creation itself becomes a game. Because that's my problem with WarioWare DIY. I love WarioWare. I like the idea of making my own micro games. But but there's no, like... There was. There's no gamification of the making of the games in the same... Oh, mm, sort of. Kind of. There, there was, like, a tutorial that was kind I of mean, play as you... I guess they did have objectives. I mean, it, um, it, it was just like any other WarioWare. Like, you, you go to Wario, all the yeah. mini-games are tap-based. And you go to Jimmy, all of his... Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Kind of Bendix or whatever. And then every single one like, kind of teaches you how to build like a level with different tutorials. So, I don't know. Right, yeah, it teaches you how to do it, but then you're on your own. Like, I, I mean something where it's like, oh, finish the level, almost like a puzzle game. Where it's like, finish the level in order to do that I mean, or something you, like that. Oh, I that couldn't work in Wario, obviously, but for this, it, in theory, could. But uh, maybe we'll learn more at E3. All I know is it's coming this September, so there you go. Also coming later this year, Fatal Frame, somewhat unexpectedly. Uh, they're bringing Fail Frame over to the Wii U. Cool. It's uh, it's already on Japan, I think, and I don't honestly I don't know much about it. I just know what they said in the direct, and that's that. Uh, okay, well, first of all, we don't know a title. We don't know really anything about the game. All we know is the gamepad is crucial. You're using it, a motion like as a using the gyros of the gamepad to use the, the gamepad screen as a viewfinder, and you're looking for photo. You're looking for ghosts using the viewfinder because your gamepad is now your camera. It's kind of like Spirit. Uh, spirit camera on 3DS, which was Fatal Frame in, not in name, but in everything else. In Japan, it was a Fatal Frame. Here in the U.S., it was just Spirit Camera. Yeah, essentially, you're you're just trying to survive from ghosts. You can only see the ghosts through your camera. Yeah. Destroy them with your camera. So, yeah, there's a little so action where at times you have to like fight using the yeah, camera. Yeah, so, so you get like ten situations where like you're defensive from the ghosts and you're trying to like get them with your camera, but you're also trying not to die. So yeah, and hey, it's a mature Wii U game from Nintendo coming this year it's it's good to beef up the library it's, it works nicely in tandem with devil's third with xenoblade like nintendo's making a bit of a adding some variety to the lineup which is always a plus even more mysterious than fatal frame though i mean we kind of got a sense of it thanks to you but even more mysterious in terms of how what they're gonna call how it's gonna work is probably the shimigami tensei fire emblem project which i don't I didn't know what to think I didn't recognize it as anything it Fire Emblem related, even though the characters were right in front of my face. Yeah, I was like, did they play the wrong trailer? They're going to stop at any second and go like, whoops, that was meant for Japan. Yeah, it, well, first of all, it's cool that they showed it in the American Direct, because that confirms it's coming stateside, which is nice. Because before, I mean, it was kind of assumed, but it wasn't a guarantee by any means, because it's so Japanese. But what they did show is, uh, yeah, that. They definitely went a lot. Yeah, it's so for the in a nutshell, uh, they describe it as Atlas is described is uh, designing a quote modern RPG in which you're living in one world, like a real world, and then you go into this strange alternate virtual world where you fight alongside uh, Fire Emblem characters. Yep, that that is that is the promise, and like many uh, games in the Shimigami Tensei series, it's super Japanese. The music, the look, the feel. It's like playing an anime, but with Fire Emblem randomly injected into it. There is anime animated cutscenes, so you essentially are playing an anime. Yeah, basically. And it honestly looks more like Persona than anything else to me. It does. It should be Persona across Fire Emblem, not Shimura Tensei. But, but I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I'm not... I was hoping it would be a 50-50 split. I assumed it was going to be a 50-50 split. I was very wrong about it being a 50-50 split. But it, it looks interesting enough. I think... I think it was kind of smart Nintendo to at least say it's still a thing. 
because there's so many jokes that it's never going to happen. I mean, literally that morning, people were making, hey, remember that great April Fool's joke Nintendo, or, yeah, that Nintendo made about Shimgai Tensei Cross Fire Emblem? Yeah, that game's never coming out, and then there it was. But, yeah, I don't think it's coming out until, like, 2016. But I, I think even both chances are like, yep, that is, in fact, the crossover we talked about a long time ago. Yeah, and even apologize for taking two years to be able to show us anything about it. So it's just kind of funny that, like, it, it does live on. Right as it was becoming a joke, it became real, but we still know nothing about it. Except that super Japanese, super persona looking, and not very Fire Emblem-y. So that's one to keep your eye on. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how this shapes up, because I actually really like Persona on PS2. I got a free one courtesy of Atlas a long time ago and played it at a friend's place. It's actually really fun. So I, I'm holding out some hope, but man, it is like not at all Fire Emblem in any sense of the word. What What are your thoughts? I mean, did you ever... Have you ever played Persona or Shimano Tensei? Or? Uh, I played Persona 1 or some of it Which before thing? I got bored. Oh, so you got bored. Well, there's the answer. And then later found out like, yeah, and then like, I have, well, I have a friend that is a big fan of Persona and who like told me a lot about Persona and he told right. me that Persona 1 is, well, the game definitely changed a ton. The Persona 1 is kind of like a first-person, like, dungeon crawler. Uh-huh. And the other ones are kind of like third-person perspective. It's a little, yeah. It definitely changed. So it was like a completely different game. Yeah, because Persona on PS2, I don't recall being first-person at all. Well, I mean, it's like you kind of walk around in third-person, but then when you go into buildings, you're like in first-person. Oh, right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's... it's I'd it, definitely give it a shot if there are no other games out in that time yeah and it does round out the library a bit offers an experience that definitely is not on the Wii U currently which is always a plus yeah but but I think I think um I actually think this is a good game to transition to the 3DS side of things with because uh really? this, is, this does involve Fire Emblem and Fire Emblem itself had some pretty big news in the direct uh so I guess we'll use this as a transition point to 3DS and talk about the new Fire Emblem for 3DS which over in Japan is given the horribly awkward name of Fire Emblem If now it does make sense for the premise but basically sort of. I kind of it's just like such English such total English because it's like you, it's the game about choices so are you going to do this or that and if you do this what happens so um, for the, this new 3DS Fire Emblem uh, Nintendo Intelligence Systems are I, I would say they're kind of shaking things up in some pretty no, notable ways here uh, for the first time your central character that you create yourself is actually the main character in Fire Emblem Awakening, as you may recall, it was like a secondary character. Like, you're like the right-hand man of someone else. This time, you are the main guy. And what you do decides everything. So the premise is that there are two kingdoms, rival kingdoms. There's Hoshido and Nor. You are born as a member what of the... What are you going to do? I don't know. But, well, let me explain what the it. choices are before I answer. Uh, you're born as a member of the royal family of Hoshido, of the Hoshido kingdom. But you are raised... By the, as Nintendo puts it, glory seeking, which means out oh, for blood. For glory? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the glory seeking Nor Kingdom. So you are, you have allegiances with both. And what the game wants you to decide about six chapters in is do you go with the Hoshido Kingdom and try and protect the peace, or do you go with the Nor Kingdom and uproot the Hoshido Kingdom from within? Because they're now at war. So you're either rebelling or you're not. And the, um, if you go the Hoshido route, uh, Nintendo's saying that you can expect kind of a more normal Fire Emblem experience. It's going to be a little easier, a little more welcoming to new players. They said over in Japan that what that means is, uh, among other things, you've got the opportunity to earn money and experience points outside of battle. While if you go the Nor route, that's the more hardcore experience, and you're leading a rebellion, so it's a more complicated story, 
and all the experience you earn and all the money you get are only in battle scenarios. So you're going to have to be a lot more strategic with your resources. Those are the, like the primary differences in the two options. And uh, the, the weird thing is how they're splitting this. They haven't said how they're going to do it here in the States. But over in Japan, they already announced all the details on their release. And basically, like I said, you get to Chapter 6, and then you have to make a choice. And your choice is, do I go Hoshido or Nor? If you're playing the digital version, that's where you make the choice, at Chapter 6. And you're like, okay, I, you know, you get it from the eShop, you play through, you decide what you want to do based on the plot, and then you go. And it locks you in on that choice. So, all right, I'm Hoshido, I'm Hoshido all the way. I'm Nor, I stay as Nor. Hoshido all the way. If you um, oh, if you buy a physical version in Japan, here's what gets crazy. You're gonna see a T-shirt that mentions Team Hoshido, hashtag Team Hoshido, or or an anime where you're gonna see like people dressed up as a different faction, and then they're gonna fight. It's gonna be really awkward and cringy. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, in Japan it gets crazy though because these like teams you have to pick, like are we Team Hoshido, Team Nor, make you have to get different physical versions of the game. They're actually releasing two versions: Zelda Oracle of Ages, Oracle Oracle's of Season Finite. style. What? Oh, I guess it's not like Pokemon it because it's still the same story. Yeah, well, no, it's, it gets different because the first six chapters are identical and then they branch completely and they tell yeah. opposite versions of the same story. Kind of like how Oracle of Ages and Seasons for Zelda told variations of similar worlds, but they had their own stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so for this one, if you choose to buy physical in Japan, you have to say, do I want White Kingdom or Black Kingdom? White Kingdom gets you Hoshido and you basically, from chapter one, you're stuck the Hoshido route. Black Kingdom gets you Nor. From chapter one, you're stuck the Nor route. You can't choose a chapter six. But, regardless of physical or digital, you can then later download as DLC the story you don't have. Hmm. So instead of just saying, okay, here's the story, and then here's DLC of a second story, or here, pick your path, and then unlock the other path, you're buying the game, you're then getting the download, or you're buying the other game, and you're then getting that one's download. Like, it's kind of like a weird... And on top of that, by the way, if you want even more, there's a third story afterwards. I mean, that's available I, as DLC for all. I mean, I it's guess, an interesting strategy. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be easy to be like, oh, they're ripping you off or whatever. But, they're not. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. They're I mean, not, well, they're not for one simple reason, and that's that uh, they're saying each kingdom's story, so whether you go Hoshido or Nor, is the same length as Fire Emblem Awakening. So they're basically releasing two Fire Emblem Awakenings simultaneously with about a third of the content probably being roughly the same and then two-thirds branching off. And then if you're like, well, that's still not enough, Day one, they'll have a third DLC story that you can put on top of everything yeah, else. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's but, actually kind of cool. It's because um, everyone's like, "Ooh, why are they doing that?" But it's kind of neat. And in the off chance that you may want everything, which I think diehard Fire Emblem fans will want, they're releasing a special edition physical version, both stories on one cartridge, an art book, a card for the Japan only Fire Emblem training card game, which is a thing. And uh, actually, I think that's all you get. But still, you get all that for one price. You get everything. Oh, and the DLC included, the third story. So you get three stories, one cartridge plus some bonuses for about for a little over double the price of just getting one or the other. So they're given yeah. options. I think it's an interesting strategy. I think it's kind of weird how they're doing it, but it's different. It's not a ripoff, which is nice. I suspect in America they're not going to do it this way. Yeah, I suspect they're not going to do it this way. Because, I mean, in Japan, Fire Emblem is a huge franchise. They can get away with this sort of thing. In America, while well, yes, it's a growing audience and Awakening was their biggest one ever, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see them go quite this extreme. What I suspect will happen in the U.S. is you'll be able to get it one of two ways. This is totally my guess. You're either going to get a cartridge with the two-in-one story, like in Japan, 
or you go to the eShop and get a discounted digital version where you then play through once, you know, you do the up to chapter six, pick your story, and then you pay a little more to unlock the other story, and with all said and done, it either comes out to be the same as the cartridge or maybe like five bucks cheaper. Yeah. Or something like I, that. I, I don't it, think they're going to do like seven variations yeah, like Japan. I think it's always like more beneficial if you have like the, if they have their two in one story, and then when they get to that, like six chapters in, when they get to that moment, like it's like, oh, what do you pick? And then I give you like, press left like it shows you like that thing when you pick right I don't mm. know like decisions may have more of an impact I guess when you like actually have to pick instead of like ahead of time picking yeah. your version ahead of time and then like you're already like okay if you're gonna get to that point because maybe you'll maybe you'll reconsider I don't know yeah and it, yeah and it's kind of like I don't want to buy like White Kingdom as they're calling it and then get to you know chapter 5 be like man this isn't I like the evilness of Nor. I want to go that way and then be like well I bought the wrong version oh well because even like Pokemon isn't that extreme because it's like oh well it's okay there's Pokemon. some Pokemon you can't get you can trade them in yeah. This is like you're really dedicating yourself up front, but it's such an interesting strategy. It's... I was looking at some comments on this, like the two that made me laugh. Because um, when they were showing, like, it, it just had a picture of, like of both kingdoms. It's like which side were you? Two? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, there's you're... a uh, voluptuous woman for one and a guy for the other. And yeah, a lot of people were just like, oh, you have to pick the breast one. Yes, yes, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, and of course it's Nora, the, the evil kingdom that has the voluptuous and, lady. And other people brought up a good point, like, like, oh, maybe coming to the U.S. it's going to get censored and she's going to be wearing a parka or something. I don't know about parka, but she's certainly <laughs> going to be wearing something. <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, it's interesting that in the North American Direct, they didn't even mention the versions. All they said was, you'll have a branching story. So either Nintendo America doesn't know what they're going to do, or they don't really want to do anything quite as crazy yeah, as it this. Just sounds like that's why I think that's why I think it's going to be a two-in-one cartridge. Like a, it just sounds like you're making a choice yeah. halfway through the game. But in Japan, it's like so insane how they're Not doing this. when you purchase the game. But this is like another example of um, Nintendo toying with different types of DLC and different types of payment, which is why I'm hopeful Smash Bros. isn't the start of all microtransactions. It's just an experiment. Because they have this as a total another experiment. But either way, I'm excited for the game. Awakening's really fun. This one looks good. It looks like it has a richer story, and they have feet. They don't have feet in Awakening. They have feet in this one, so that helps. They're not peg legs. But um, while we're on the topic of strategic games for 3DS, now's a good time to probably mention Puzzles and Dragons Z and Puzzles and Dragons Super Mario Edition. So this is probably the final time it's going to come up by, from Nintendo because it's out in a month. They're probably not going to do another Direct between now and then or mention it if they do. Uh, so we kind of got a bit more information in the direct about the RPG half of it. We already know it's a puzzle game. Now we know kind of how the strategy works. So what they revealed is that, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of forward thinking you need to do. Like things like choosing which team members you want to take into your little RPG battle ma matter because certain types are stronger against other types. Or having picking your team leader. Or in the case of the Mario version, there are transformations. So your team leader, a Mario character, like a Mario protagonist, can, or antagonist, one of the main characters, can transform. And you can trigger those trans or yeah, I think you can trigger those transformations yourself, or your other five teammates or four teammates are Mario baddie lackeys, you know, Koopa Troopas, Cheap Cheeps, whatever, and they can transform as well. But one of those you transform yourself, and one of those don't. But you need to account for the transformation to decide what to do. In Z, there are 250 different monsters you can collect, Pokemon style, and you can evolve them Pokemon style. So you need to figure that out and build a team around that and decide which ones you want to evolve. So there's actually some thinking behind it that kind of is like a fleshed out version of Pokemon Shuffle. Because Shuffle also is the type system where things are stronger against others, and you have the right team and level up your team, and they can mega evolve if you have the right things, and so it's kind of like that, but it seems a little more in-depth. And, of course, all this is meaningless if the game isn't fun, and we did have a chance to try it out at WonderCon. Is our second impression? Because at some point, I just... Got yeah. bored and started playing it. So, um, there is a demo coming out on, on uh, 
April 30th at the end of this month. The game comes out on May 22nd, but we've already played through it. And I, I guess now's a good time to, to say what we think. So, I mean, you played it more than me. What did you think? I know you're not the biggest fan of Match 3 Puzzles. So I we should probably put that... Match 3 Puzzles. Yeah, we should probably put that out there before we talk about games but, centered around But, um, taking that into consideration, I'd say this is probably one of the funner um, Match 3 Puzzles. Probably, <laughs> yeah, I'd say I probably enjoy myself while playing this game, even though, like, while playing it's like, like oh, no, I'm definitely not going to buy this game. But <laughs> See, um, I, I'm going to buy it. I like it. But I don't know. I, I just hate Smash Puzzle. Anyway, so, but... No bias here. But um, I really like everything that this is doing because it definitely yes. does make the Smash Puzzle experience like that much more engaging and fun, I feel. There's certainly I, I, I guess when you're just matching three, I don't know. I guess it just... I just don't find that interesting. But I like that there is this... Um, like matching the specific colors makes certain members in your team attack. Getting certain combos make them attack that much stronger. If you yeah. get a combo of five or more, you can even have your whole team attack at once. I like how um, it's not your, you're not just limited to just moving like two next to each other. As you're like dragging them around the screen, you switch the you switch them over with like the one next to them. So you can yeah. potentially make move like a whole bunch of them if you just like scribble really fast before the countdown comes down. But I mean, I guess you could do it in a more strategic way. I don't know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, what's interesting about that, kind of launching off your point there, is that this game is, through and through, is a first-person dungeon-crawler RPG that just happens to replace everything you do with Match 3 puzzles. Is there a fork in the road? Well, Match 3 green if you all go left, Match 3 blue if you all go right. Are you fighting an enemy? Okay, it's turn-based. As soon as you touch your stylus to the game or to the touchscreen, your countdown starts for your turn, and you only have about five seconds. But There's no official counter, but Nintendo Rep told me it was about five seconds. So about five seconds to match puzzles. Now, well, you if can only make one move. Yeah, like, that, move, that's what I meant. But, but to match like, a puzzle. Yeah, but you could like slide it around. I mean, like you could essentially get like one guaranteed match. But I guess if you're moving it around, you, you can't lift the stylus off the screen. Yeah, you definitely want to set it up so that when you let it go, like it doesn't. The combo. first combo you do will break off to match other combos. Yeah, that's why that's why I meant by match puzzles is you can do a whole chain. So basically, yeah, you touch the stylus down, and you better have something in mind. Because as soon as you lift the stylus, it's going to go, like you said. So ideally, if you're really strategic, you could start looking at combos and figuring out what you want to do. If you're not as strategic, you can just do a match three or a match four. The thing is, you don't have to... There's no time limit until you touch the stylus down. So that almost reminds me a lot more of RPGs in the sense that you're not... Like, I feel like when I play match three puzzles, I kind of just slide things around to see what works. To some extent, like, I don't forward think, like, okay, if I do this, this will this will trigger that, 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 and the next thing I just kind of go and let let it unfold as, I, like, as I'm moving, I'm like, oh, this works, but you can't do that in this. You have to actually, much like an RPG, where I think, well, if I do this move, they might do that move. You have to be like, okay, if I do this, that'll trigger that, which will trigger the next thing, and the combos can get quite large. So you get that one move, and then the opponent goes, and then you go, and you just do the tug-of-war of an RPG, and that's pretty much it, but then when you factor in the types, when you factor in transformations in the mario version or evolutions and different you know all the ones you can catch in the um, z version it adds up to be like actually kind of an rpg that just happens to replace menus with orbs yeah yeah i, I actually kind of liked it it's um it is very reminiscent though of um pokemon shuffle but it has its own caveats that kind of separates it because i know you didn't play shuffle but i played shuffle and a lot of it felt very familiar but there's just enough to be different and even within the cartridge I mean, I tried Z and Mario. Did you guys try both, or did you just do one or the other? Um, I just tried Mario. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they are, I mean, essentially, from a gameplay perspective, except for the transformation bit, as far as I could tell, at least, they're basically the same game. But they look so different, and they feel so different, and the orbs look different, and the sound effects are different. That it's, 
you're paying 15 bucks for two separate games that just have base share gameplay. You're like getting a sequel and its predecessor at the same time. So it, it's a pretty pretty decent sized package, it seems. And I, I mean, I liked it. Um, I I mean, the demo was very easy, to be honest. Yeah. But that was kind of on purpose. So like one shot the boss. Yeah. I well, I yeah, I did. Uh, I went through three bosses in one of my. I just kept going through the dungeon, so I did three bosses, and yeah, I killed them all first try. But the Nintendo rep was telling me that um, once you start doing the more elaborate combos, it can get really complicated really fast. So, and one thing I thought was funny is the Nintendo rep kept telling people, "Oh, have you ever played Puzzles and Dragon or Puzzle and Dragons?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, I have on my phone." Or, "Oh no, I haven't." For people, I said, "Yes, I played on my phone." First reaction. Like, like scripted from like Nintendo scripted her to say this. Um, it was from what I could tell. Oh, well, did you know on the 3DS there are no in-app purchases? Once you buy the game, you could play unlimited. You don't have to buy more orbs. You don't have to buy more this. You don't have to buy more that. Everything's available from the start forever. And all the people are like, really? That's awesome. And yet, here's Nintendo making Pokemon Rumble World and Pokemon Shuffle where they do exactly that. I just thought that's kind of a funny yeah. little like hypocrite moment. And actually speaking of Pokemon Rumble World, that's a good transition into it. Um I should say real quick, for those interested in Puzzle and Dragon, May twenty second, I'm getting it. I really liked it. You seem like you're probably not just because you don't like Match oh, yeah, 3. But but I mean it, it's pretty fun. It's I mean if it was able to make you at least have a remote interest in it, which it seemed to slightly do. I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, then that says something considering you hate Match Three. But Pokemon Rumble The only one I would probably yeah. ever consider getting would be Henry Hatchworth. Oh, in terms of... Oh, yeah, yeah, Because it has that... Yeah, that would actually be kind of good. I mean, it is a match three, but it's also a platformer, so yeah. there's that going I for mean, it. Yeah. But since I did mention free-to-play, Pokemon Rumble World probably worth bringing up. Uh, this... Pokemon Rumble World and what we're going to talk about after it are really the, like, 3DS money grabs of, of the Direct. So Rumble World um, is really kind of hammering home the idea that Nintendo needs to stop... Or Nintendo needs to stop being so greedy or at least put on a better front... So, Rumble World is replacing the NFC figurines of Pokemon Rumble U with in-app purchasing, or in-game purchasing. So, just like Pokemon Shuffle, it's going to be completely free-to-play, and the core game... Well, that's not saying much. The core <laughs> gameplay is what you'd expect from previous Rumble games, so you're a Pokemon, one of many that you can add to your team, and you're squaring off against 700 other Pokemon, blue and red all the way through auras, and uh, you're mashing buttons to beat them. That's basically it. You're just button-mashing away. And once you defeat the Pokemon, they become a part of your team. Sweet. Yeah. So for Rumble World, what's different is to progress through the game, you travel by hot air balloon from island to island, which is dandy. What? And uh, your reactions are great. And uh, I wish someone in the world cared as much about Rumble World as you are acting like you do right now. I will say that um, the only reason we're talking about it is because the in-app stuff otherwise, or in-game stuff otherwise, I probably wouldn't even bring it up. Oh. But uh, sorry, Pokemon Rumble fans, all two of you. Uh... Well, there has to be more than two. They've made four of these things. I don't even know how. Like, who buys these? I know you bought it for the NFC figurines, but you wouldn't have bought it without them, would you have? No. Exactly. <laughs> I bought the game because it had so many NFC figurines. I was like, mine as well. Yeah, like, it's like the most button mashing. It's for kids. I'm being hard on it. It's for kids. But anyway, so... I love so... that the figurines, like, matched how they looked exactly in the game. It was a nice touch. It's like... The polygonal, angular... It, 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 it's like what um, the, the Smash Bros. Amiibos wish they could be. I mean, they're yeah. pretty close, but I mean, they kind of limited themselves because of that artwork. Mm -hmm. Or that art style. They should have made the art be imposed so that we can make plastic figurines out of easier. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to this. So, uh, Pokemon like Rumble... Infinity, like, they were smart to yeah. create one art style for everything. Since yeah, everything is. they actually really were. Yeah, Disney Infinity looks really good because it matches so well. I mean, so you have, well like, matching so characters that have to be transformed to this cartoony art style. Yeah. The CG characters that kind of already fit in well. So. They're really nice, really clean. It's a good point. But, uh, yeah, so Pokemon Rumble World. 
So you travel by hot air balloon, which is very really exciting because tight. you know how you know how you uh, do you say tight? You know how the hot air balloon is powered by real world money. What? Well, not exactly, but basically, um, yeah, everything. Wait, no, not awesome. The Pokemon, uh, the hot air balloons are powered by Poke Diamonds. Poke Diamonds. Now these diamonds can come in. You can earn them in three ways: defeat certain levels and get some diamonds, street pass with people and get some diamonds, or use your eShop funds and get some diamonds. Now, the eShop funds also can let you revive yourself if you die in battle. And uh, those hot air balloons, if you buy some diamonds and fill them up, you get to wait for the hot air balloon to have to reinflate itself, aka artificial time limit, uh, every so often as you travel from island to island. And different hot air balloons require a different number of diamonds to get you further to get rarer Pokemon. Sounds great, right? So, um, the, the, the small print of the Direct, to its credit, did mention that the diamonds only, quote, Help to speed up game progress. Nowhere does it say you can't do anything without paying. Nowhere does it say that like you have to use diamonds to do everything. It's just saying... Or you have to use real money to get diamonds to do everything. It's just saying that there is a money component if you want to play it at any normal human speed. So take it as you are. I'm being kind of snarky about it, but I, mean, I can't really blame Nintendo too much for doing this because Pokemon Shuffle has been downloaded over 2.5 million times. Ironfall Invasion, the first uh, first person shooter from that indie developer, which also is free to play. You get a first chapter for free. Everything else you have to buy individually. That's been downloaded over three hundred thousand times. Clearly, free to play works on 3DS and works pretty well. But nonetheless, I'm not a, as I've said on the show before, and as I know you agree with me, as a not a big fan of the whole having to pay your way through a game. I just rather pay up front. I also don't really like the idea of um, having to sit and wait for an artificial time limit to run out. So Pokemon Rumble World, I'm sure, will appeal to some group, and I'm sure someone will like it, and I'm sure somewhere Nintendo and Pokemon Company are going to make a ton of money. But definitely definitely not for, for me, I don't think. And I'm guessing not for you, because you only bought it for the toys, which now don't exist anymore. Which is another weird thing. The new 3DS XL supports Amiibo. Pokemon Rumble figurines had NFC chips. Why is there no bonus if you have a Pokemon figurine? Why is it they cannot scan your Rumble U figurine and get diamonds, if nothing else? As like a thank you for buying the previous game. Like there's just so many weird things they did with this that they could have done better. And also, one final question: Why is Pokemon? Why is Pokemon their go-to free-to-play franchise now? Pokemon. And because it's kid-friendly and kids are suckers for free-to-play. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, it might be a rhetorical question, but thank you, thank you for the one applause. So yeah, that that's Pokemon Rumble World. I was super snarky about it, but <laughs> in, a super snarky impression on. Yeah, on Pokemon Rumble World. Now, uh, on the other hand. Nintendo's also monetizing Street Pass Meat Plaza some more, and in some better ways, and some worse ways. So let's do the better ways first. Um, we're getting two new Street Pass games, which is great. Sweet. There's going to be a... You sound so thrilled. I actually really like the Street Pass games. Well, one of them sounds cool. The other one sounds like they both... Flower Garden. Oh, the fishing one? Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. So first up... Fishing is... can only be so exciting. Well, I, I like fishing games, but I don't like the control input. You have to spin a, a reel on the touch... Or spin uh, a, a thing on the touchscreen. I don't know how much you hate having to move your steps on the touchscreen. I'm not a fan of repetitive circular motions on the touchscreen. But maybe there's a way to use the sticks, but in the screen, in the footage they showed, it was all on the touchscreen. Anyway, the game in question is called Ultimate Angler. Angler. It's uh, people you street pass with. They're going to bring you bait. Use that bait to catch fish. There's 100 different, 150 different fish plus various uh, monsters you can get. And all of them require separate types of bait. 
So yeah. it's up to you. Well, not like each one, but I mean, there's like different types of bait that work for different fish. So you need to shoot past like the right sense. people to get the right fish. Yeah, it makes total sense. I'm not saying like a negative. I'm just saying oh. how it works. The other one is arguably the cooler and wackier of the two, and that's Battleground Z. It's an action game. You are attacking zombie hordes. You know what it really looks like? It looks like a dumbed-down Wonderful 101. Yeah. It's basically a dumbed-down Wonderful Actually, 101. Actually, no, it looks like a dumbed-down on Dead Rising. Mm-hmm. Dumbed-down and isometric. looks like an iPhone... GB version of Dead Rising. Pretty much, yeah. But it's kind of cool because they're actually using something that isn't really used by the Street Pass games. Every You get items to fight the zombies from each person you Street Pass, and the person gives you an item based on their hobby, which is like a very underutilized part of Street Passing, I feel like, is the hobby system. so Or the hobby selection option. So um, the goal there is you just get the item and you fight your way through, and... That's pretty much it. Now, I will say, these both look pretty good. I mean, Battlegrounds, to me, Battlegrounds would be probably better. I know you're not a fan of Angler. But maybe it's just me. I never have time to play the Street Pass games. If I'm Street Passing, I'm at an event like WonderCon or Comic-Con. Yeah, really, really and I just want the, the, the puzzle slot. And then everything else you can have to save for later. Yeah, and then but you, then later, but never, then later never comes. Or you only have 10 people because they only let you do a max of 10. So it's like, when do I do the rest? It's like these are great in theory. And the pricing isn't even bad. It's four ninety nine for each or seven ninety nine for both, which is... a you know, little savings there. But I don't know when I'm going to play these. Really. Because if I'm street passing, it's on the go. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. They give me a look like it. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but you know what? You know what does suck, though, is that same four ninety nine price also gets you this the bad side of their new Street Pass monetization, which is called Street Pass Me Plaza Premium. And here's what you get for five bucks. You ready? Oh, boy. You can add birthdays to your me's you can add different speech bubbles to your greetings like different artwork for your speech bubble you can add a vip room with a hundred me in it that's it that's all i've announced five dollars gets you that i seriously seriously suspect there's more to it but it's a little weird it comes out in like uh a couple weeks and they haven't really said what else there it comes out april 16th it's like that's literally next, a week and a half next thursday yeah and they haven't announced anything else that's worth your five dollars and what makes me crazy about that is that this is literally the thing they used to do for free. This is the type of feature they used to do for free. I mean, they've updated Street Pass Plaza two or three times, and they keep adding new stuff, and it was free. And now they're like, hey, here's another update. But this time, equally minimal features like birthdays and speech bubbles now cost you $5. Yeah. And I think that's kind of my takeaway from this Direct as a whole, is there's definitely a lot of awesome news in the Direct, right? There's just also a weird amount of money grabs and monetization that Nintendo hasn't really done before. I know we keep bringing this up, but it's just, it's so weird because on the one hand, we've got Splatoon, which is really fun. Free to play Mario Kart 200cc mode. News about uh, Shimagami Tensei versus Fire Emblem, or Cross Fire Emblem. Regardless of what you think of how the game looks, we know it exists. That's big. Uh, Animal Crossing spinoff. That's big, even if you, you know, just fact there's new Animal Crossing. You got adorable Yarn Yoshi as an amiibo. That's awesome. But then on the other hand, the rest of the direct was like, Hey, look, here's microtransactions in Smash Bros. Here's Street Pass features that used to be free and now cost you money. Or, well, would have been free, but now cost you money. Here's Pokemon Rumble World, which is, like, total free-to-play ridiculousness. And, by the way, we're amiibotizing, which is a new word. Amiibo, the amiibotization of everything. Everything's going to require a little figurine. If it's anything like Splatoon, it's going to cost you real money. It's just such a... This Direct is so, like, pulling me in opposite directions. And, and by the way, we haven't even, there are some good things in the direct we didn't even talk about. Like, you know, Mutant Mud Super Challenge, it's going to be cross-buy. If you buy on 3DS or Wii U, you get the other one free. If you own a previous Mutant Muds, you get, get a, a discount. Get a loyalty bonus. Exactly. Loyalty discount. 
Yeah, exactly. And then there's an Attack on Titan game coming from Atlas, which is going to have new 3DS support, including camera controls with the C-Stick. You know what's funny? There's, um, yeah. I know that I'm watching the Direct and we saw that it was announced. Well, I guess Attack on Titan. They were like, oh, that's pretty cool because we like the Attack, we like mm-hmm. Attack on Titan. But then... We're looking at the gameplay and we're like, uh... It doesn't look that exciting, but it's cool well, that no, the well, franchises... Well, if we hadn't played a free fan-made online version that pretty much pretty much replicates the way you would assume you would control these things and how it feels like you would control them, like, yeah. almost as, as, like really, 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 really well done, uh, this game would have probably looked cooler, but I guess since we know this exists, this other free thing that you could play on any browser exists, Right, it so that devalues this one a bit. Yeah, like now there's like no point in getting it because you, you yeah. can play that online with friends. Like I was like, we were hunting titans like with my brother and another friend. Mm-hmm. So well, that was screwed up. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's I think it's cool that they're actually like trying to make it a big thing. I mean, the first two episodes of the show are on the eShop for free right now to get people hooked. So maybe it's less for the hardcore fans who know about the secret browser game and more for like <laughs> normal people. But uh, but you can play as the titans in the browser game. Actually, that's kind of cool. It's almost like Evolve, where it's like Titan versus. Uh, except people. I mean, are they head to head? Yeah, but you, you but you can tell it's still like in development. Like they're yeah. still always updating it. It's is it an actual officially licensed game? No, of course not. No. So we'll see how long that lasts. This one is, but the, my, the reason I brought it up and brought mute muds and even like things like Codename Steam, they announced they're gonna speed up uh, the enemy turns finally in an update up to three times faster on the new 3ds. Only two times faster on the old 3ds. Extra processor. But uh, the reason I brought all, all that up is there's a lot of info in this Nintendo Direct that was good cool exciting news a lot of good stuff and then there's also all this weird monetization stuff and it's the first time I've watched Nintendo Direct where I've walked away with this such a weird split about how I feel about it like two thirds of it's probably super awesome but then that one third of all that money grabbing monetization and blood just kept keeps dragging me down so the reason I keep bringing it up because it's always like yeah awesome not as awesome as I thought wait so once um, they do the update for SteamWorld Dig SteamWorld SteamWorld Heist what? SteamWorld uh, Steam Codename Steam Codename Steam I, I'm never going to get that name right no, you're not. Um, I mean, that was that seemed like that was the biggest great for a lot of people, huh? Just the time. Yeah, I think I think if they were to, if people were to have reviewed the game like now, after the up or after the update, they will update their score because I don't know. Like I feel irrelevant. like they should. I mean, I'm almost glad we didn't do our like, impressions. Because that was a lot of that was a lot of people's biggest like points. Like yeah, it was gonna time. be my biggest negative when we did our impressions. And you kind of can't really hold that if it's already if it is fixed especially for someone yeah. that doesn't have the game yet it's like oh it has to load time it's like no not I've anymore. already seen people on Twitter saying oh if they fix that I'll buy it like you know after the direct they're like I'll, I'll buy it now so I mean it was my biggest gripe and it's one of those things that like well I'll do Codename Steam Impressions next episode finally because you know we've already been talking for so long this episode but yeah my biggest gripe is easily the turn time thing it just drags it down so if they're addressing that my time off, is way too important my time is way too important I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I'm saying that seriously. Actually, I am saying it sarcastically. It's not that important. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's just like there's a ton of stuff in this direct that's super cool, and then the money just kind of dragged down. But overall, I thought I thought it was a pretty good direct. I mean, what was your what was your take? Like when when you closed the when you hit like closed your browser after watching it, was it were you like oh that was good or were you like ah so much? No, I thought that like that was really awesome. The only thing I remembered honestly after watching that is that. Like cool, I get Mewtwo next Wednesday. We get the turning mode next Wednesday. We yep. get the stage. Oh, that's right, turning mode. I didn't even mention that for some. You get stage, um, video, and picture sharing yep. options. Yep. Like pretty much everything that Smash Bros was kind of missing that made they're, it a little off. They're addressing. Movie. Yeah, that's interesting that your mind immediately turned off the direct and you went right back to the thing you talked about at the very beginning of the direct. Well, yeah, everything but, else doesn't really matter. I see. I see. 
But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I sound like I'm very negative about this, but I thought the, the majority of the directors were really good. But every time they mentioned some weird new money making scheme, I was just like, oh, come on. Just it. I mean, obviously it didn't work well enough for them to not do that because they were losing money and now they're making money. So they're, they're 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 doing what they need to do. I get that, but just like it's like this isn't the Nintendo I knew. You've changed, Nintendo. You've changed. You know one good way they changed. This is a transition on the fly. I'm so good. You know a good way they changed? They're allowing Binding of Isaac to come to the eShop. It's oh, happening. Time. Yes. So, here's the backstory. Uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth was announced for Wii U and new 3DS, not old 3DS, new 3DS, on April Fool's at midnight. They announced it along with a prank of it's going to be censored. The censored part wasn't true. The game coming out was true, but they spent all of April Fool's confusing people on whether it was real or not, only to then finally be like, yeah, it's real on April 2nd. So, it's happening. It's going to be on, like I said, Wii U and new 3DS by June for 15 bucks each. And uh, what's funny is that Rebirth originally, the the remake of Binding of Isaac, was originally going to be planned as a Nintendo exclusive. They started developing, developing it exclusively for 3DS at the time. And Nintendo's policies at the time didn't allow for them to do uh, religious content and other content that they didn't really specify, but religious content. Child nudity? Probably yeah. child nudity, probably things like that. There were just some issues. And... Um, there's not actual like child nudity people. Just, no, like, the, not not directly. Yeah. yeah, is there just a pink figure? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if it was that plus the religion or what. Basically, there are a number of things that Nintendo said. Not uh, our personal policy say no. And then speaker with Polygon, the developers of uh, Binding of Isaac, so kind of elaborate on how this like how they're now on the system. And basically, um, Nintendo gave up on their own guidelines. Now they're just like, you know what? We'll go by ESRB. Mature rate and under, we'll take it. Whatever, it's fine. Adults only, we won't take. So since Binding of Isaac is, you know, rated in a thing they'll take, they'll take it. So they kind of removed their own policies. It took a lot of negotiating. It took Dan Edelman when he was still there, their indie former indie go-to guy, Nintendo's VP of uh, licensing, and a third person that works at Nintendo, all to have all these multiple meetings with Japan and with people in NOA and legal and everything to get to the point where they could actually bring it to the system. But now oh. it's happening. But what, what's funny about it is um, because the developers had to wait so long for it to happen, they started enhancing the game. This is why it's only on new 3DS. Here's the analogy they gave. When we were making the game, it was like we were filling up an up an 8, uh, or when, when they were making the game. It's like they are filling up an 8-ounce cup of water. This is the analogy they went with. Then Nintendo said, we don't want your water. And they're like, fine. We'll go to PlayStation. So they brought it to the Vita and the PS4, which had room for 16 ounces in their cup. So they started filling it up with extra stuff. So it could hit 16 ounces in terms of, you know, processing power, random level generation, uh, uh, random gener randomizing of levels I was trying to say gen uh, wow I can't talk all the time generating yeah. generating random levels uh, so they were doing all that stuff like how it generates they made more complicated 60 frames per second all that stuff then Nintendo comes back and says oh oh we'll take the water now and they're like oh okay problem is your cup is 8 ounces and now we need a cup for 16 ounces and we don't want to pour out half the water because then you're not getting as good of a product and people might complain and we don't want people complaining about our game but then Nintendo's like, well, how about this? And here's where the analogy falls apart. We're going to send you a new 3DS developer kit while the first in America to receive it. We, we, we just made a new 16-ounce Yeah, we made a new 16-ounce cup. It uh, It's not out yet. You'll be one of the first in the United States to be able to try it. And you can go ahead and make your water at 60 frames per second. And you, <laughs> you, can, you can have your water you know, randomly generate itself. And everything will be great. So they did it, and it worked. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Binding of Isaac will be out again by June. The only thing they're doing on new 3DS that's different, and presumably Wii U, although they haven't talked about it, is 3D 
map on the bottom screen, and as much as the HUD heads-up display and UI as it can put on the bottom screen, they will. That's it. Content-wise, it's identical. But it's happening. After three, two, two or three years of teasing it, both with the original and then with the Rebirth remake, they are now actually for real bringing it over. Not yet. But, I mean, the door's open now. Yeah. If they have one game, why not the other? And Nicholas is handling publishing as they do with all these sort of projects. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a thing. I mean, I've you've talked it up so much, and Elvis has talked it up so much, that I feel like I'm going to have to buy the 3DS, the new 3DS version. Also because it's one of the few new 3DS exclusive games. So why not? Are you going to get the Wii U one? Most likely. Even though it's the exact same game? Yeah. Just have it on Wii U? Yeah. All right. Um, for those who don't know <laughs> anything about the game, it's old school, top down, inspired well it's inspired by well, the original Zelda well the perspective is like inspired by Zelda and yeah. everything else is like it's just a rogue like dungeon generator where you're just like going through a little dungeon you have to kill all the enemies in a room before so the doors can open and you go to the next room every floor as they call it um gives you a different power up that will help you beat a boss that then you beat them you go to the next floor yep and I guess like the hook for this one is the randomization it can be random in the fact that it'll make the game harder but you also get um every single power up you get stacks um stacks up with every other power you get so you could get crazy combinations that you may never even see again because it's just so random right so you may get like at one point um I had like this power to I had like my needle tears like I was like I, as long whenever you hold you hold the shoot button your tears stay in place mm-hmm. and depending on the direction you're facing when you let go of the button all the tears that are just floating around will just fly off in the direction that that's kind of cool them. yeah. And I don't know, this is just, just like a bunch of different cool things. Like you could get um, tears that shoot really fast, but then you could get this little meter on your head that makes them go around you in a circle. And then later you may get like technology, is what they call it, and they'll turn it, that circle into lasers. And You know, one cool know. thing about this version of the game, now that you're describing that, assuming they allow Miiverse screenshot sharing, which it might not because the game's a bit, not raunchy at times, but it has a gross factor to it, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Or uh, not gro- but like a gross out factor, well, not gross. I mean, some enemies are literal, literally poop. I guess that's the worst of it, really. Actually, it's like not too poop bad. With a face. Yeah, it's not too bad. So maybe they'll allow screenshot sharing. But one cool thing that would only be on the Nintendo versions is you post to me versus your crazy configuration of moves or whatever, yeah, and people are like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And you know that sort of thing. So that that could be a. It's like, oh, I'm fighting Mega Yeah, that could be that could be a uh, an advantage to getting the Nintendo version. Granted, it's a year after the PlayStation Vita, PS4, and Steam versions, but nonetheless. Yeah, and Presumably the Wii U one will have multiplayer. I'm pretty sure the 3DS one will also have this multiplayer. I don't know how the 3DS one will do it, but... Um. Yeah, I mean, they said all the same content, so I assume that's what that would mean. Yeah. But time will tell. Should be out before June. Uh, one final bit of news we have to cover. I know the episode's already over two hours, but we, we can't not cover this. Uh, every Nintendo fan knows by now, The Legend of Zelda for Wii U is no longer coming in 2015. Good. Nintendo should... <laughs> good? Nintendo well, strategically... Better for, it, better for the game if yeah. it needs it. Nintendo strategically announced this a few days before the Nintendo Direct, with probably the same way they announced the Wii name before their E3 press conference. Get the weird news out of the way, let everyone vent about that for a while, and then it'll settle down, so then the real interesting news isn't, you know, ignored by the fact that Zelda's delayed. So everyone was over Zelda by the time they announced everything in Direct, that was fine. But uh, basically what happened is producer E.G. Numa announced via Facebook video and on Miiverse that the dev team's top priority is no longer 2015 release, but instead they want to explore, as they put it, new possibilities uh, they've thought of when building this open world that they're making. So they're going to spend a little more time on it. What's particularly interesting is the game is not going to be at E3 whatsoever this year. It's completely skipping E3 2015. 
which to me means it's not going to be out to the later half of 2016. The reason I say that is Nintendo has adopted the strategy in the last few years of using E3 to show the next 12 months of games. If Zelda is not showing up at E3, it's not showing up before June of 2016, which means it's likely a fall release, and really, most likely, it's going to be next winter. It's going to be a holiday game. I guarantee now, holiday 2016, Zelda for Wii U. I also, not exactly guarantee, but strongly suspect that when they do release it, they're going to be really playing up the Zelda 30th anniversary. Because now that's out in 2016, it is a 30th anniversary Zelda game. Much like Twilight Princess was the 20th anniversary, or more notably, Skyward Sword, they really hyped up as part of the 25th anniversary of Zelda. 25 years? Yeah. Wow. Right? Or it will be next year. But yeah, this one is going to be the 30th anniversary game. What I don't think they're going to do is make it a hybrid game for Wii U and NX, as some people are speculating. NX being Nintendo's next platform, for those of you who somehow missed that memo. But uh, basically... What's going to happen, I think, is NX is going to be announced in 2016. I don't think they're going to release the thing in 2016. How do you release the thing in 2016 if you're just announcing what's unique about it? Like, there's no way they're going to release... Unless they pull an Apple, they're not going to release a con- announce a console and release a console in the same year. So... That would be weird. That would be weird, and NX is very likely to be a handheld in its first form, if I had to guess. We talked about this last episode, how it's got a unified uh, operating system. It may come in many form factors. I suspect handheld will be first. I suspect they're not going to cancel a console Wii U Zelda to make it a handheld Wii U Zelda or a handheld NX Zelda or even bridge that gap. I suspect whoever's on Wii U is on Wii U and whatever's next is next. That's my that's my gut feeling at least. So yeah. I, I don't know. But um, what well, does raise a question of though... Oh, and also for anyone that's wondering, this is par for the course for Zelda. I, as long-term fans know, this is nothing new, but I mean every Zelda since the since I think Wind Waker has been delayed. Wind Waker was supposed to come out in 2002, came out in 2003. Twilight Princess was delayed from 05 to 06. Skyward Sword was announced in 09, presumably coming in 010, or in 10, and then in 10 they said, no, 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 11, and then came out in 11. So, did it come out in 11? No, it came out, yeah, it came out in 11. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, I don't know. I The real question is, what's Nintendo going to do about their lineup now? Because Zelda was the big holiday game. Oh. I mean, they have Mario in September. Nah, that's not going to be the big holiday game. They need something. See, the thing is, everyone's saying, like, oh, well, maybe Star Fox. I mean, that, realistically, Star Fox makes sense. What but is Star Fox. It's still is coming out before. Yeah. Uh, they cannot delay Star Fox a bit. But the problem with Star Fox is that's never their only holiday title. Like, they've released Star Fox as part of a breadth of titles, but Star Fox by itself is not the primary holiday game, I feel like. It's not a big enough franchise. Could they have to make it a big enough feature? I guess. I feel like there might be like an Animal Crossing. I think like Animal Crossing Wii U would be the shoe-in for November. They've done Save Folk as a, as a holiday game before. Um, they could do it again pretty easily, but but who knows. But I, I think it's interesting because like Mario Maker comes out in September. We know that. Yarn Yoshi could be as early as August. That would match up with it coming out in June, but fall for North America because Nintendo doesn't know their seasons and they consider August fall. Um, they No, really, they do. Uh, October would probably be Xenoblade, maybe Devil's Third if it comes out this year. Uh, Xenoblade, I bet, will take the Bayonetta 2 spot at the end of the month. And then they have November for whatever, you know, Animal Crossing or something. And then December could be Star Fox, kind of like how they do the one-two punches of Mario Kart and Animal Crossing for DS in 2005. Or uh, I'm trying to think of some more recent ones. But they always do that where they have, like, November, they have the big game. And then two weeks later, first week of December, they have the not quite as big, but still a pretty big deal game. 
So that's my hunch. So I don't know what that November mystery game is, but with Mario Maker way out of the way, with the other games kind of more niche, perfect spot for Animal Crossing, or then in Star Fox in December. That, that's my prediction. We shall see. And then 3DS, who even knows what they're doing with that? They haven't really, they haven't really announced anything. Fire Emblem's been 2016. Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer is definitely not their flagship game. And we have no idea what else they're releasing this year. Nothing. Yeah, they have nothing announced, so... If nothing else, what this means is E3 is going to be very interesting. And it's only like two months away, so we will know soon enough. But in the meantime, keep an eye on the site. This, that pretty much does it for, for this episode. But keep an eye on the site this week because we have our WonderCon photo gallery. And be sure to check back on April 19th for our next episode. We're going to have all the latest news. We're going to finally have our codename Steam Impressions, hopefully with the update. But if not, we know it's coming. And other games, we're going to discuss other games, we're going to discuss other news, you know. It's the usual the usual deal. So we'll be back to Sunday with the April 19th episode. To make sure you don't miss any of this stuff, you can follow RamNintendo at Twitter, on Twitter, at RamNintendo, there we go. Or uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, feel free, if you liked this episode and it's serious overload of news and information, feel free to leave a review and tell us your thoughts. Or leave a comment at RamNintendo.com on this blog, uh, blog post. If you're curious what me and Jose do in our spare time or what we have to say about games as we play them or whatever, you can follow me on Twitter at JSR7. You can follow Jose at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. That's also his Meverse handle. My Meverse handle is Jason R. Feel free to friend or follow either of us or both of us or neither of us. It's, the choice is yours. The power's in your hands. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much does it. So we'll be back two weeks' time, April 19th. Keep an eye on the site for that WonderCon gallery. And, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>